Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. All right, um, M, where are you? Weird. I don't see M. Anybody ah! there? <laughs> Surprise! I am here, and so is Eva. And uh, Eva's it, hanging out with uh, Krampus and Geo. In the corner. If you are on audio, you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, but uh, M just leaned into the Zoom frame. I just leaned... I- and I'm breaking everything. Listen, it was complicated to try and figure out how to squeeze Em into my little recording corner. So that's my bad. Okay, so up until, by the way, I look so much taller than you. I know, it's because I'm in my fainting couch. Yeah, right. right you can right, finally right. see me in the fainting couch. So for anyone who is like me, which is probably a hot zero people, but I <laughs> thought that there was a massive table here this whole time with like a monitor you were working with. I oh, had no, no idea. It was just empty It's space. a literal music stand from Amazon that I put my laptop on. Had no clue. So yeah. anyway, uh, there... I was thinking, like, how are we going to rearrange her whole office so we can record oh, together? Oh, you just a lounge. You just anyway, a lounge. Um, yes, Eva and I, so I was recently in Denver for a wedding with Allison's family, and then Eva had the wonderful idea before I left of, like, what if, while you're in Denver, I also go to Denver and see some of my friends from there, and then we fly together to Cincinnati and surprise Christine and have a little spooky baby shower. Key- keyword surprise. I literally went home to my house, and I was, and Blaze was like, can you let Gio in upstairs? Like, he's on the balcony. And I saw, I was like, why is this door closed to my like upstairs TV room? And I open it up. Mother, I screamed. I think I screamed so loud. You did. I, I, I was just, scared. I just, <laughs> I disturbed every ghost in my home. All the Victorian ghosts have woken up. I screamed so loud. I actually, I'm amazed my water didn't break. We, so Eva and I, our goal was to make the water break. It didn't work. We wanted to be part of history. You didn't try hard enough. But, um, but no, it's, and also shout out to Blaze and Zandy because we've been in a group chat with them for a while now trying to plan this. <laughs> I am really impressed that like, I didn't even have an ink, like not even like something's off. Nothing. Not even a clue. I Well, I got really paranoid once we hit like 20 minutes before you were going to get home. And I was like, oh, well, she for sure knows. Because uh, as we all know, Christine is um, has a few loose screws. 
<laughs> and she definitely, for no reason, will check, like, find my friends or I'm occasionally, her nest like, weirdly paranoid for no reason, and it, like, foils people's And anytime plans. we've ever tried to surprise her before, if we're oddly quiet on text that day, she'll be like, I thought something was up because we didn't talk all day. I, I, this one, you really got me. We did decoy texts and everything. No, you Good did job, decoy texts. Uh, you, Blaze, logged me out of the ring doorbell because I would have been like, oh, did I get any packages today? And I would have been like... Well, M's big, big dumb face is in my doorbell. What is going on? So logged me out of the doorbell, like fully, fully all the stops were pulled. The problem was all, I almost created, not surprisingly. Oh, wow. Christine almost really (laughs) completely wrecked the whole fucking plan. So let me start from my perspective first. It's probably better from your perspective because I was going la-di-da through my life. Eva's literally at the airport about to get on her flight to Denver. To meet you, To meet me. And then we're going to fly the next day to Cincinnati. Oh, for God's sake. And, uh... Blaze texts the group chat and he's like, so slight problem. Um, Christine might be getting induced tonight because we're going to the hospital and the baby might be here before you get here. And Eva, See text, you soon. And Eva texts me and she's like, um, what do no, we do? No, no, no. She said, oh, eek. What did we do? What do we do? And I was like, I guess this is like perfect timing, like that the baby would be here as we're also arriving. Yeah. Honestly, the whole family's going to be together. If I found out later that you guys canceled a trip, I would have, I would have had a mental breakdown. So I'm really glad that you would have at least still shown up. That I don't know what good. we would have done the whole time. We would have just had a, a time together in Ohio and Kentucky, I guess. You would have been, been babysitting or something. I don't know what you would have been doing. Luckily, that did not happen. But what? So what was the story there? Oh, right. Basically, I was uh, I was doing my fun little paranoid thing one night, like, as I do. And I was like, Blaze, can you check my blood pressure? And he was like, why? And I was like, I don't know, just for fun, which is like, this is what I do for it's fun. most Christine fun I've ever I know, I know, I know, I know. And Blaze obviously has a blood pressure cuff from the hospital. So he's like, sure. And then he checks it about four times. And his face is kind of screwing up a little bit. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And he's like, it's really high. And I was like, that's strange because I usually have really, really low blood pressure. So I was like, well, okay. It's like, <laughs> it was like two in the morning. So I was like, let's go to bed. We'll check it in the morning. Next morning, it's even higher. And he's like, we need to call the doctor. So, of course, I go in to the midwife and she's like, yeah, it's it's really high. This is not normal and blah, blah. I have a headache. So, you know, if you know anything about preeclampsia, it's very dangerous. So they don't mess around with blood pressure. So they're like, well, and so she was like, you should just go home and keep an eye on it. And then I heard my doctor in the hallway go like, no, she has to go to the hospital. And oh, I was shit. like, ah. So they shipped me to the hospital and I'm like, I might have a baby today. And they're like, we'll <laughs> induce you if it doesn't go down. Um, and lo and behold, I get to the hospital, check in and they're like, Oh, it seems pretty normal to me. And I'm like, this hospital bill is going to piss me off in a few weeks when it shows up at my door. As Blaze was texting us updates of like, oh, no, like we're back home. Everything's fine. Then you text him and you're like, I've had a day. And I was like, (laughs) you've had a day. Like, I was wondering what the hell we were going to do on our plane. And I was I was like, no way. I know. I was like, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) Also, please look at Eva and the cat right now. Okay, my cat is like, I remember how I announced that my cat was being really weird around me. Turns out it's not just me because Juniper is climbing on Eva's lap and he again he is not I'm just convinced that it must be like his LA memories because Em and Eva showed up and he's suddenly like up in everyone's business and he is not a cuddly cat. Speaking of uh old LA memories Gio I think I gave abandonment issues to because he really 
avoided me for the first day. Yeah, he was like he not was sure not what it. to do with himself. He was like really unsettled about the whole thing. I was like, because I, I knew we were surprising Christine and Christine would be mad if she missed Gio and I reuniting. I w- so I told Blaze, like, can you film this so Christine can see it later? And Gio was like much more excited about Eva. And I feel like Gio was like, yeah, I fucking know you. He's a Scorpio. You. Where he have has, you been? We know what his... What I should have known it all along that Scorpio blood was right in Where there his the head whole time. is, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the update here. I actually, we're literally recording this uh, before my next appointment. So we'll see if my blood pressure's high again. Because they actually, I didn't tell you this, but last week they said, um, oh, yeah, we're looking at your chart and your blood pressure like spiked last week. And now it's higher. And they're like, so if it's higher next week, then, like, we've got a problem. So we're going to get that checked today. Eva and I are so desperately hoping that your water breaks while we're here. Uh, me too. Or you're induced I think that would here. be so fun. I mean, it wouldn't be so, fun. I mean, That's you won't for, have fun. For you. Eva and I will have a blast. We'll be at CVS eating candy or something. Well, I, don't, <laughs> I like that that's my definition of fun. <laughs> Blaze actually offered M to get the plus one position. Uh, plus one to the, very kind. to the doctor. So we'll very see. Kind. I was like, I don't know about that cervical check. And I was like, I know all about cervical checks from TikTok. And I'm like, I have been learning way too much on? about um, your cervix. You know cervix. more than I do. I, about my <laughs> I've Lord. seen it at 10 centimeters, and I'm like, hmm. Well, I certainly have not. Don't uh, look until I don't after want the baby's to. No, here. you're completely right. You're going to have a good time. You'll be fine. Also, I have been like being that person who keeps touching Christine's belly. No, but belly. I like it because nobody has COVID and nobody else does because like Blaze is just like. But I've always heard like, oh, like pregnant moms hate their belly being touched by people without their consent, which makes sense, by the way. But it's like, funny because M just is never just does it anyway. <laughs> I just well no, you have my full consent. If it were a stranger, I wouldn't go up and touch their belly. But I'm like desperate. Like I spent oh, what she's moving. I is she? See. I oh shit! I just said the gender. Oh well. Um, I feel well like uh, by the time this comes out, the baby will be, be here. here. Oh, by the way, oh was that her? Yeah. Did you feel it? That's how I expected like M. A little alien. That's how I expected like M little, to react. It's like a little alien. It body. is like an alien. It feels like alien. Ooh. Full surprise, the sex of the also, baby Also, if is the female. baby isn't here by the time this episode comes out, like, you really need Awkward. to get induced. <laughs> it's like a month What if I tell later. the doctor, like, oh, yeah, then we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> the, what if I tell the doctor, like, I accidentally gendered the baby on air. I need this baby out now before the episode releases. <laughs> um, excuse me. Chop, chop. It's Do extremely you important. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Everybody on t- Twitter today is telling me, oh, your baby's sideways. Here's what to do. And I'm like, little do you know, it's going to come out of me in like five minutes. You're, you're all the behind. the baby's already the size of a 42-week Yeah, newborn? Yeah, the midwife was like, um, wow, this is a big baby. And I was like, since when? And then I was like, I guess I haven't been measured in like six weeks. She's like, yeah, it's measuring 42 weeks. And I'm like, that doesn't sound good for me and my body. But <sighs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Anyway, I did have my first conversation with the baby yesterday. It I, was really great. I for, bent down for and I got me. real close to Christine's belly and I went, your mother's going to embarrass the shit out of you for the rest of your life. Or I said something along <laughs> No, that. you said she's so embarrassed. You said I embarrass you all the time. Oh, yeah. She embarrasses me. I was kind of just warning the baby that like it's going to happen to you too. So get ready. There's a juniper. Here's the cat. All right. So anyway, um, <laughs> so we might as well get this show on the road because the baby might be outside of your belly by the end of this. By, so. by tonight. Can you, can you pass me my, my Panera coffee that we Oh, by the way, we went, we went mini golfing yesterday and I had to pick up every mini golf ball that went in the hole. Okay. I was very grateful. Anymore. I kept trying to bend down and I was like, please stop you're going to injure yourself which is not wrong just a surprise to nobody i learned but really was affirmed that uh christine does way too much as a pregnant woman i watched her <laughs> sprint upstairs for what like why well, could have because Gia was on the balcony didn't want to be anymore that means nothing to me. <laughs> i would have been like i'm pregnant you can stay outside for the rest of the time 
until someone else gets home or <laughs> oh, volunteers. Oh, I also booked us a really fun tour. I just want to do a little like shout out to our tour. We did a ghost tour yesterday. We did. A Cincinnati ghost tour. And it was really fun. And our tour guide, Mike, was really, really nice. And at the end, I was like, of course, I was like, we're podcasters. And, and he listened to the show. And was, he was like, I know that show. And my wife knows your show. And he's like, I've seen you in the Cincinnati magazine. And I was like, oh, wow. Very sweet. That's a local a uh, that's Do you want to shout out their company? Um, yeah. I don't want to give the wrong one. That would suck. But also, there, it sounds like he used to have a ghost tour company when he lived somewhere else, and he's new he to Cincinnati. in Charleston. And did, so when he, I heard he was in Charleston, I was like, that's a haunted-ass city. He probably has some ghosty experience. Yeah. So he... It sounds like he's trying to uh, revamp his company for a new city. So it's really cool. Still new, but a, it was a great, great tour. And we got great. to do actual ghost hunting at the end, too. Yes, they it gave us like K2 meters. And he's like, do you know how these work? And I was like, Em and I are experts. <laughs> I was probably really obnoxious. It was called Buried Secrets, and it was by Flying Pig Tours. There you go. Um, and it was super fun. Uh, it was super fun and very creepy. Um, I learned about an asylum that I didn't know existed in Cincinnati. And like we were literally in the park, and he's like, where I go all the time with Geo, and he was like, there's a bunch of bodies down there. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Yep. So anyway, so shout out to Mike and uh, his lovely wife, whose name I did not get. Um, and check that tour out if you're in town. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. 
Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Um, Speaking of tours, I wanted to tell you that my story comes from the fact that I did a separate ghost tour only like three days earlier when I was in Denver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I was in Denver for like four days with Allison's family and then they left and I decided to stay for two days. Just doesn't have a home anymore. (laughs) I'm just I'm just I fucking float around now. She's a jet setter. (laughs) But um, yeah, I wanted to do my own exploration as much as Allison's family is like super fun to hang out with. And they've like their their interests are different than mine. So when it comes to like planning a trip, it was just not like mini golf and ghosts is only. Yeah, if it's not a roadside attraction, I wouldn't do it for myself. And so they were picking a bunch of like hiking experiences, which SOS, you know how that feels to me (laughs) and my legs. Um, But so like we had a great time, but it just wasn't the stuff I wanted to do if I went to Denver. So I stayed two days and did all this other crazy stuff and one of them was a ghost tour mm-hmm. and also eva showed up at some point too and then eva was like eek i'm coming <laughs> i invited eva on the tour by the way and eva d- turned it down for tacos which i understand i don't know i do I, when i heard tacos i was like oh never mind that makes sense um yeah. the ghost tour it was i was not expecting it to be two hours long in a two mile walk so that was interesting but it was very fun and i want to say if you have to go to a ghost tour ever this one was so good like specifically go to denver one (laughs) and then go and the tour was called denver terrors and the guide her name was sheila and she was the best um sheila did say like if you could write me a review that would be great and i was like sheila i've got a podcast everyone step aside everyone's gonna know your name so this is the opposite of beach to sandy where instead of one star reviews (laughs) i'm giving sheila like 10 out of one we love a good redemption is what we love so sheila it was a gem and also i felt like uh she was an alternate reality version of me because how i was like a ghost hunter and a birthday clown she is actually a funeral director and santa claus's wife mrs claus no for christmas Christmas. no and i was like oh so you've it just is never boring for you and <laughs> like you get the vibe you get the m vibe and she was very funny she had lots of really good little one-liners and all that at one point she oh we were walking down the street i'm ruining one of your jokes i'm butchering one of your jokes sheila sorry but um <laughs> she it really tickled me we were walking down like one of the i guess more like boring streets in between two haunted locations and so i guess just to like make conversation there was a laundromat down the street and so we stopped at the laundromat and she went, this one's really creepy. Uh, this laundromat apparently is super haunted because socks always go missing. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, Sheila, that is what got you your tip, my friend. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, please go get Sheila from Denver Terrors. It was, she was a prize. Um, Wait, so she's a, fu- what was she, a funeral She's director? an assistant funeral director oh, okay. and she is Mrs. Claus during In Christmas. In my head, I, I put, I put like clown and funeral director together and i was like oh for hire like you could hire her for a party and i guess not. for a tour go to denver terrors okay. and get sheila also maybe around december call sheila she said this year for christmas they did zoom christmas meetings with kids Cute. and she was like it was so perfect because we could just say we were in the north pole and i was like Wait, that's such a brilliant good idea brilliant. and nobody's close enough to pull on your beard if you're yep. santa that's yep. smart that's smart anyway uh so that's how i found out about this story 
Um, also, we it was one of the last places that she showed us, and it was one of the scarier places she showed okay. us. Okay. So this is the story of the Peabody Whitehead Mansion in Denver, Colorado. A Whitehead. <laughs> I know. I had to get through that, too. I, I definitely thought about Whiteheads the whole time. <laughs> em loves a good pimple popper video. Oh, I love... <laughs> uh, you know what? I just I just graduated in my friendship with uh, our other friend named Christine. Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. Yes, you did. I, I, well, I just graduated into another front, uh, no, new level. We unlocked a new level because she had a blackhead that she really needed me to get. And I, and I was like, actually, she I'm called really... me from a, from my home. I was like, can you come over? I was so happy. And literally texted me. I was like, I actually am busy. I'm going to pop someone's <laughs> blackhead. And I was like, who's, and you oh, were like Christine's. Made... And I was like, no. And it then you were like so the happy. other Christine. I was like, thank God. Okay. Uh, there's nothing I love more than a blackhead. Oh, Listen, you know so all about my cervix apparently. And Christine's Look, blackheads. there's honestly, I would be prepared to witness your birth. I, your, your baby's birth. I, I've seen it all at this point. Listen, I'm, if, I'm ready. If it weren't COVID, we could get some more plus ones in here, but I know I just, I need it for the gram. So like, I <laughs> no, you don't, you really don't. <laughs> okay. The Peabody Whitehead mansion. So I'm going to throw a trigger warning out now. Um, because I will be saying the R word and I will start right well, now. I mean, I'm, I'm always saying that word. So whether, I guess if you only listen to M's half, then it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah, you, yeah. I very rarely say it. And also, um, I did see, I know I mentioned this in a couple episodes ago, but I have seen that there is some contention between whether or not the word oh, rape yeah, should be inserted into yeah. the general discussion of sexual assault or if it should be separate because you don't want to like water down how bad yeah, rape yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say the word rape just because um, I saw that there were a lot of people who didn't yeah. like that we were diluting it by saying oh, sexual assault. Oh, I don't assault. dilute it, but I guess so maybe. There, I, guess, I, I never know I, the I right thing to do. Say, what do you usually say? I SA? usually said SA, like sexual assault. Right, and, right, right. But apparently that was making it, not like really allowing it it's in, to know how bad Detracting it is. from the, yeah. So, trigger warning, I will be saying the R word, um, and if that's not your too, thing. by the way, while we're at it, so. <laughs> so, uh, Peabody Whitehead Mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's one of Colorado's most haunted houses. It is on what used to be called Millionaire's Row, because it, oh, it's oh. the prettiest houses just all lined up. It was, uh, it's 6,600 square feet, and at the time of its construction, it cost $15,000, which, now let me see how much that was. Not Millionaire's Row. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe uh, yeah. Back then. What was a million dollars then? That would be a... I don't know. So, where, where's West Egg? Yeah, I trust West Egg. Sponsor me, West Egg. What's um, West Egg? Oh, is it an inflation calculator? Yeah, so $15,000 in 1889... Oh, shit. Okay, so no wonder it's a millionaire's row. So at the time, it would now be $43 million. Wait, what? What? No, you oh, I put, I put the wrong, I put oh, an extra zero. <laughs> I was like, what no, in the you world? put two extra 15, zeros. <laughs> I was like, something doesn't feel right. Okay, here we go. Okay, it would have been... 483. So not even half a million dollars. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Losers. They were at the... <laughs> They were at the end of Millionaire Row. They got like a they corner. They were at the dead end. Not even a corner lot. They got like the back lot. Yeah. <laughs> it allegedly has um, about a dozen spirits. Fun fact. Okay. So the building was uh, built in 1889 by architect Fred Edbro- Frank Edbrook, um, who also built the two other buildings that were on the tour called the Brown Palace and the Oxford Hotel. Um, and they are both also haunted. Okay. Fun fact. Wow. This guy has a streak. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Can you imagine if that's your job as the architect? You're the spooky one. It's like, whatever I do in this house, it's going to be covered that's in ghosts. That's great, actually. Um, so the home was built for Dr. William Reddick Whitehead, hence 
what a poor love last for, name. Love that for him. I wish he had a friend named Blackhead, and it, we could, they could have just been like the zits together. That would have been the new TLC show. That would have been fun. Yeah, yeah Dr. Pimple Popper would have like been their next door neighbor. Yeah. Um, so Dr. William Reddick, or Riddick Whitehead, he was born in 1831 in Suffolk, Virginia, which is right next to where I went to college. Hey, um, he studied medicine, moved to Paris, and then Vienna, and then he became an army soldier during the Crimean War, mm. um, and then he moved back to the U.S. where he became an army surgeon again for the Civil War. Okay. For the Confederates. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> um, so he was also at different times, just to give you an idea of like his um, reputation in the medical world. Um, he was president of the Denver Medical Association. He was, on the, he was part of the Colorado State Medical Society. He helped found... Denver College's School of Medicine, um, and that's just some of them. He had, like, six or seven titles that make him, like, a Ooh. very well-known, esteemed doctor. Okay. Um, but during his time as a battle surgeon, even though he was a really good surgeon with a great reputation, just because of the times and the intensity of the injuries, like, 90% of the people he worked on ended up dying anyway. <laughs> that's, that's not a great track record, not, bud. <laughs> including Stonewall Jackson himself. Ooh, so, that's you would hope he'd be in the ten percent, but ooh. <laughs> so including Stonewall Jackson, who died two weeks after surgery from Doctor Whitehead. Oh no! Um, and also many even during the Crimean War, which was one of the deadliest wars of the time, because not only was the medical treatment so bad, but there was also cholera going on at the same time. <gasps> so it was like it was other factors that caused all of these random deaths. It's not like he was so bad at his job. At least we're letting him off the hook in that way that's good it was like well how much can you really help after cholera yeah you know it's rough times so he was considered super successful despite um a mass majority of his patients dying under his care Mm. um but after the wars he retired and he moved to denver with his wife i think his wife was sick or something and that's why they moved oh no um i think maybe with consumption and they had to like go be somewhere where the air was cleaner oh something like that send them to the mountains yep and so oh wait i guess they were oh is that why they end up got it okay makes sense and so because he was originally in new york i think oh got you got you um so after the wars he retired and moved to denver with his wife they quickly became socialites and he was elected to like city council and was on the board of health so he just kept climbing that ladder gotcha um and like i said the house was built and finished in 1889 which is when he moved in and he stayed in that house until he died in 1902 which was only what 13 years that sounds right yep and while he was there, they already had poltergeist activity in the oh, house. Oh, no. That's like, bad. Like, immediately. <laughs> so um, items would move. There'd be noises all over the house. There'd be banging. One website gave the very vague description of extreme disturbances. So there's extreme that. Extreme disturbance. It sounds like an extreme disturbance. And uh, the spirits, the, they were wondering where the spirits were coming from because it was a brand new house on brand new, like, yeah, well, that not is brand weird. new land. I'm sure it was <laughs> brand co- new. Nobody's ever been there. Brand before. new for white people. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they, the rumor is that they had poltergeist activity because, at least according to Doctor Whitehead, he thinks that the soldiers that he didn't save during his <gasps> surgeries followed him home after war. I'm not gonna lie. This sounds a lot like Winchester. Like the yeah. all the victims are like or, still like, following like you. Victims uh, under your hand. Yeah. Or by your brand or something. <sighs> So he thinks that a lot of the activity was because he was the one that, in, yeah. in his mind, he he felt, probably felt guilty for, quote, killing them or not saving them and therefore right. killing them. Um, and what's interesting is after Dr. Whitehead died and the house changed owners, the activity did die down. 
So oh, it, that is weird. So it was attached to him, seemingly. That's what it, the, okay. how the story goes. That it kind of confirms that they were attached to that him. That would be rough if you were like a ninety percent failure rate. No, okay, failure rate is yeah. extreme wording, but you know, like ninety percent of your patients died. Like they cer- yeah, they certainly didn't thrive after the Oof. surgery. I mean, that's you got to live with that, I guess. So uh, one person who did die in the house, her name was either Eloise or Ella, and. Uh, the main story is that she was an employee of Dr. Whitehead's and they got really close and he thought of her as a daughter and took her in. Um, some people say that she was just a random woman that she was getting married. And the, the main story is that he offered his house to her as the venue for free. Oh, that's nice. But there, I heard other versions of the story where she was just a random person renting out the space as a okay, wedding venue. Okay, but either way, she was, like, using it for a wedding. Yeah, but the main story goes that they knew each other and he, they were friends. Okay. Um, and I guess, like, Kel Surprise, she was a jilted bride. The husband didn't show up at the wedding. And so now you can see a woman in white. Go fucking figure. Oh, my God. Our tour guide yesterday had a really great theory, which I really liked. I liked it a lot. I thought that was really interesting. He said... Um, because I joked, he said something about a girl in white, and I was like, oh, my God, M, there's another girl in white. There's always a woman in white or a woman in red. And he said, uh, or black or whatever, and he said, oh, well, I've always thought, like, maybe that's just how our, our I can't perceive the color of it or or yeah. they appear as, like, a grayscale or black and white, and that's why we see it as white. And I was like, fascinating. Or Yeah, or maybe there was, like, they when they thought of themselves as photographs or memories, they oh, thought right, of themselves true. in grayscale because they didn't see color portraits Black and white photos so maybe they thought they could project the best version they knew how um but yeah so jilted bride and uh apparently she ended up uh dying by suicide in the basement she mm. hanged herself on some of the pipes in the basement terrible um and so that's the only immediate death connected to him i think he might have died in the house dr whitehead mm-hmm. but other than him um the only deaths up until now is Ella. That's a pretty traumatic one, though. Pretty traumatic, especially if they were friends, too. That's true, too. Yeah. Um, so in 1902, this is when Dr. Whitehead died, and it the house was then taken over by Governor James H. Peabody. Okay. Who moved in and rented the home for two years because he was the governor, but there wasn't an official governor's mansion in Colorado at the time. Okay. Um, so he, I think, just picked that house. He was like, <laughs> this that's, is mine now. That's a nice one that's vacant. <laughs> okay. So. Um, fun fact, Governor Peabody was one of the most hated governors at that Why? point he in U.S. history. Why is such a fun name? He, he, he will also hate him because Uh-oh. he was against labor unions for minors and he ended up being a... <laughs> that's so specifically bad. <laughs> Not just against anti-union, but anti-child union. No, my, minors. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, that's really extreme. Okay, okay. They're like coal miners. That makes sense. Wrap it up, everybody. Wrap up the laughter. I get it. For true crime, I understand. You would think miners Miners. like children. Jeez, okay. All right, for miners. really hated child labor laws. That's Um, why I was like, damn, what an extra (laughs) asshole. Like, at least let the children take some time off work. Okay. No, okay. He was against against labor unions for coal Miners. miners. Okay, got you. Sorry, that was totally my bad no, i should have known i just took that into a whole fun direction for myself <laughs> all right someone's got a baby 
on the brain. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so he ended up becoming a big part of what is now known as the Ludlow Massacre, which is at least a little better now knowing children aren't involved. Yeah, in I'm, I'm pleased about that. Thank you for correcting me. Um, so in 19, uh, is in 1914, I think it was, there are there were 1,200 coal miners who were on strike with their families in Ludlow, Colorado. And um, basically people who owned the mines didn't want to hire union workers. They would have preferred to hire non-union workers because it would have been cheaper. Sure. So to keep these owners from hiring outside of the city and finding new uh, non-union laborers, the people that were – the miners that were in unions decided that they were going to barricade the rail lines so that nobody could come into town and take their jobs. Ooh, okay. All right. No scabs allowed. So uh, Peabody was somehow involved in this, as well as one of the coal and iron companies. Um, they collectively, I think, hired like a thousand militiamen, and the National Guard came out to arrest people um, and attack these coal miners that were in the mountains. And basically, like... At least thirteen men, women, and children were killed. Oh, geez! Because the the miners brought there was miners and miners, miners and miners. Yikes! Miners with their families. So bad, bad, bad. So he basically like, it was like he declared martial law basically Ooh, and sent scary. out militia on his own townspeople. And anyway, labor unions ended up losing anyway, and non-union miners got hired. So bad, bad, bad. Didn't even work out. So some of the miners wanted revenge. Fun fact. And tried to blow up his house, but they apparently only blew up his porch, um, which sounds like not a great minor to me, by the way. They're supposed to know how to, like, blast dynamite into rocks, and they only got, like, three feet in front of them. But anyway, that was only one of two assassination attempts on Peabody. Okay. So, but he ha- tried to get killed twice. Like there, He tried to get killed. People tried to kill him twice. Right, so that, right, he's right. not a great it's guy. It's not a good look. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So... Others suggest that the spirits in this house actually are from when Governor Peabody was there. Okay. Um, Some say that the reason for the continual paranormal activity is because of his intense negative energy still carrying over, Mm. but also because, so it could either be Whitehead's patients Mm -hmm. from the war. It could be the just negative energy or the people that Peabody was involved in, in killing. Right. Um, it could also be because Peabody hated, uh, like, y- labor unions so much. Th- this becomes a weird theory, but roll with it for now. <laughs> that after um, he ended up leaving, it became a bunch of things, but eventually becomes restaurants. Oh. And one of the theories, you'll understand why. If you're confused at all, just give me a second and I'll explain it later. But they think that anytime there were employees in the building... Governor Peabody would hate it because they might have been part of a labor union in some way. Oh, no. Um, I will get more into that in a second, and you'll <laughs> totally understand what I'm talking about. So um, by the, 19, the mid-1900s, so between the 50s and 70s, the building was rebought and turned into apartments, and then it became roughly 10-ish bars and restaurants over time. Okay. Um, I had a list of all the names of them, but it, I, it, some of them were... They seemed tough to pronounce. I just didn't even want to risk it. So just say, let's say about 10 restaurants and bars. Okay. One of them, though, uh, opened Halloween 1983, and it was literally called Spirits. Fun, fun. Love it. Love it. Love a good double entendre. Love it. Also, fun fact, in Fredericksburg, Spirits is Deirdre's favorite bar. Really? Yeah. It's a great um, name for a bar. I'm not going to lie. It's a great one. Um, it's also, like, a very old building where the floor has not been, like, 
fixed since the like Fantastic. 1800s so when you stand up there you can feel the floor like moving with you and you're three flights up and you're just like at any moment we're Deirdre, all gonna... you are full of just fun times it's deirdre as a building like, yeah, it's just yeah yeah risky. i feel like i can just, <laughs> just i can see it now so it's uh, just a risky. it's a lot of fun but you get a little scared sometimes just just like fun with deirdre it's always a roller coaster so um yeah so there's a bar it, and it closed in less than a year um right. which most of these establishments did um, and they have said anytime this establishments have closed out of this building, it was because of the ghosts and because of the activity. Oh, so they're not even... Not even hiding it. Wow, okay. So during all these renovations, the old poltergeist activity came back because it's switching like at least every year into a different restaurant. Right. Um, or even when it was an office space, it was being renovated too. Um, but silverware, silverware and kitchen tools, like pots and pans, furniture would all get thrown into walls or across the room. Dishes would break. Apparently, glasses would break. Even just, like, sitting on the bar, they would just shatter out of nowhere. Super. Um, trays would move. I mean, it was... Apparently, there was um, old servants' bells that weren't even connected to anything anymore, but people would hear that them ringing. That is scary. I don't like that. It's, like, residual sounds. Yeah. And there was one that we heard on the tour where one of the restaurant managers said that one of the chandeliers, like, all of it was glowing except for one light bulb, and it always flickered. Yeah. And so they were like, you have to fix the chandelier. It's always flickering. And when he, it had been flickering for a lot, like weeks. Yeah. And the electrician finally comes in and was like, this chandelier's never been connected to anything. <gasps> <laughs> so for it to have been lit at all. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Ew. It's yucky. <laughs> I don't like that. My personal favorite is when it was spirits. Yeah. Um, one of the cooks in the back says that a whole bottle of beer somehow spilled all down his back <gasps> even though nobody was down That's in the kitchen with him so uncomfortable but it was because he said something homophobic oh well there you go you, why, wait so why so would these you are even some, admit that by the way yeah I, I don't know but i saw that on a few websites so like it's like a apparently a well-known source in which case like thank you to the maybe whatever like, ally ghost that was maybe the chef was watching and was like he deserved that Let yeah me tell you he's like you know what i hope you i hope that happened so wow um also during these renovations this is where the r word comes in um during these renovations i think when it was switching from one restaurant to another in the 70s um either two strange men or what i saw from one source is two of the construction workers from the renovation um saw a girl walking home past the building and they grabbed her and she was raped in the alley and they killed her and she was buried in the basement of the house oh no mid-renovation oh no so while the house has and we're gonna get back to that um not to like give you such Great. a strong <laughs> sentence and then like leave you hanging but um we will get back to that in a second okay. so while the house has been different office spaces people have still witnessed activity including f books that fall uh, off their own shelves um apparently there's this is a very specific one um, i'm just gonna quote it Numbers appearing by themselves on a calculator in a locked office. It which said 80085. It said boobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, papers will move themselves. Furniture will move. People hear a baby crying. People have seen different apparitions in there, standing in different windows. Um, books are moving again. People have seen or they've felt getting pushed against walls. People will often get sick really quickly or faint or feel really ill in some way and need to leave and the second they leave they feel fine well that's good at least but it's in some way they have like a panic attack or feel really drained with their energy right um on the first floor of the women's bathroom 
There is apparently an apparition of an older man who smells really strongly of um, tobacco. I mm. think cherry tobacco. Um, and people have seen him smoking a pipe. Okay. In the second floor men's bathroom, Ella has apparently been seen in the mo- in the mirrors. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry. Yikes. Love you, girl. But like, no, no mirror stuff, please, <laughs> no, for no, me. No, no, I'm no, not no, into no. that. Apparently, she just generally haunts the second floor. But she, one of the stories I heard is that she gets jealous of the jealous of the waitresses getting hit on by men or she's protecting the waitresses getting hit on by men. Um, yeah, that's quite a different angle. The way that it was phrased <laughs> is that she was jealous, but like for all we know, she was like trying to be protective. Yeah. Um, and literally a table that the guy was sitting at flew up like a foot off the ground while he was still sitting there. So the whole table, like you're at She's like, like a Ruby Tuesdays dare. and the table just goes, Whomp. And you're just, oh, and it fell back down. And it fell back down. Like, you got thrown. Like, she was, like, almost, like, trying to knock him away or something. Love that. Um, Apparently, wine bottles will shatter. Oh, boy. The usual restaurant stuff. Things get moved. things that make employees miserable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Imagine having to go tell your manager, like, the the tables are flying everywhere. (laughs) I don't know. Can I just go home, please? Um, And so, in the basement, there's also, I didn't mention this death earlier but there's another person who apparently hanged themselves in the basement and it was a woman who worked there after closing hours and she went down and did it with her own apron and what that's really fucked that's up horrible yeah so i'm sure there's activity in the well, basement, this there basement too. is fucking terrible yeah two deaths down there and a and body's a body. been buried down there yeah so um today the house is vacant um and has been in the middle of renovations for five years and it is in the middle of being Turned into apartments, including the <laughs> basements. Good luck. Including the basements. Including the basement. I said this on the tour. I was like, imagine being like, like you're in your apartment and you're like, like he- overhearing through the window a ghost tour and you hear that someone was buried in yeah, your yeah, basement, yeah, 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 yeah. in your room, in your apartment. So, um, yeah, it's turning into apartments now. And you're like, someone hanged themselves from that rafter and you're like, where my, where my, 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 portrait of my dog hangs right. I'm trying to think of like what you would put on a fucking wall but like wow well anytime like maybe if it's like the ceiling like maybe like the lights move or something like the oh. like a hanging i don't know but if anything happened in that house it was what happened last night what was he saying on that tour about there yeah. was there was, was talking about an apartment building and he said there was one time they went through and there was a woman on the fire escape kind of watching the tour and having a cigarette or a drink or something and she like kind of her her eyes were getting wider because he was just well someone was murdered in her yeah, her room this horrible murder that occurred and she's sitting outside her apartment like wait what and I guess the he people moved out the next day or yeah something. the people who lived there I guess have always had weird stuff happen and so the next week they did the same tour on the same day of the week and the apartment was they looked up and it was completely vacant <laughs> and they were like. And I, I thought it was a good point that, like, it probably wasn't just the first time she'd ever heard anything weird. She probably had some shit going she was on. She like, and oh, it... that's why the floor creaks every night. And that's yeah. why this, Ugh. my pic, he was talking about how pictures get, like. Oh, the pictures on the walls? That was rough. Apparently, said, there was uh, one guy who lived there before her came home one day and all the chairs were stacked on each other like a poltergeist. And all the. He went on, like, a portraits... two-day retreat and came home. And, yeah. And all the portraits on the walls had been turned the other way. Yeah, they were still, still hanging, hanging but they were facing the wall which i was like that's bad. that's that's the, pulled that is shit. absolutely and of course the story Satan. behind it is horrific like it's like a nun who w- 
worked with the school who's being stalked by a guy and who got killed w- by like an unstable person down the hall with a gun I who mean, also held people at hostage like on live tv or something yeah you look Crazy. at the articles i was like how do i not know this shit you need to cover that i should cover that that was a wild one um but yeah so now the house is vacant i can tell you with my own eyes it is certainly not going to be open anytime soon it was Does it like, look like fancy i love when they're always I like took a picture for you oh sweet because i, I love when they're really upscale and you're like there's someone's gonna spend so much money to be miserable in that place i was thinking though like maybe it's like oh i guess in colorado it's the same thing where you don't have to mention if someone died yeah apparently you don't have to because i was gonna say like think about the deal you could at least score if like you live in the most haunted section of the house i don't know yeah but i guess if other people don't believe it or don't care there's always someone else who'll take it um here where was it yeah i learned Um, in cincinnati you don't need or in ohio you don't need to declare that to people fun fact yeah it's super dark it was just because it was night (gasps) out But it's a massive house. Oh, it's house. creepier looking than I expected. Everything Why is it Colo- so pointy? Everything in Colorado had like gabled roofs. I mean, really, really pointy. Really, like that, if you fell on the exact center of the roof, you would get, you would like, get stabbed all right the way through. Half. Yeah, you would literally get sliced. It, like, you could tell, like, oh, just looking at the picture, I'm afraid to touch it because I'm afraid it I'll get sliced. It looks pointy. It's very sharp. That's a creepy looking building. And it's, like, got all these gates around it. It's still, like, very much in the middle of being built um wow well good luck to whoever lives there so here's my here's the thing that really freaked me out about this story on the ghost tour because i was like okay like it's a haunted house and like yeah someone died there or two people died there and someone was buried there super creepy and she ended up taking us across the way which let me get my phone out again so here's one building that i'm about to talk about it's called the dan sheedy house okay and again it's like super dark so you can't see anything right now but so it's a it's one of those houses where it's not just a flat front. It's kind of angled out. So like there's like windows that are kind of diagonally yeah, facing yeah, yeah. out, if that makes sense. Like it's not bay like, windows, sort of? Like bay windows, yeah. yeah. So here's a bay window on the front oh, of the Dan Sheedy house, which is across from the Peabody Whitehead. So going across the way, you can see the house, right? Oh, that's the pointy house. That's the pointy okay, house. Okay, got it. So it's like across the street yeah, and like it's one like house. Caddy corner a little bit, yeah. So um at the Sheedy Mansion, or it's apparently also called the Grant Street Mansion, um, there are windows by the front door that can see the Peabody Whitehead Mansion, and apparently that house is also haunted, but it the creepiest ghost there is an apparition of a woman in the windows who is staring at you, looking very scared, and her mouth is moving like a mile a minute, like she's trying to say something no, no, to no, you, no, no, no. and she's pointing no. at the Peabody Whitehead house. Is she in the house? She's in the the sheedy mansion, like almost like looking out the window to oh, the Peabody house. Oh, and you can see her house. from outside. And yeah. Oh and no. And she's freaking out and like pointing at the house. And so the story goes that it's a residual haunting of the woman who witnessed the murder. <gasps> and she was trying to get someone's attention of like help her, help her. I know, I know. What the fuck? Um... That one freaks me out. It, like the way that the that the tour guide was talking about it was like that the ghost in that house is absolutely involved in that house the fact that it's like speaking word i mean that's like so fast like apparently like she's trying to desperately get someone to look out the window and see what she's seeing and also how sad that that's like the lingering memory also how powerful is the haunting in house one that it's spread into another house and it like continues the loop or whatever and it's still connected in some way horrible 
So anyway, I does anybody live in that sheety mansion or is it like a? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I didn't, that would blow. <laughs> that would really blow. If in the middle of the night, you just hear a woman downstairs freaking out. Or you out. hear people outside going, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, truly, truly. So, um, people, yeah. So people have said that they've seen a, a woman in the windows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm going to go back to the speaking of that murder mm-hmm. of the woman. I'm going to. Or I guess maybe she only saw her getting attacked. I don't. I don't know what she saw, but the the theory is that she witnessed the woman clearly not consenting to whatever's going on. Right. Um. So let's get back to that story because one of the first things that Sheila said on this tour is that the Peabody Whitehead had an episode of Ghost Adventures. Yes. So I had to and go check it like, out. And you were like, I'm in. I was like, and we're locked and loaded, Sheila. <laughs> Sheila, you got me. You got me hook, line, and sinker. And we're in the mainframe, Miss Sheila. So, um. So Zach's main storyline in Ghost Adventures was he kind of ignored all the other ghosts and he mainly wanted to get to the bottom of this, this like not potential murder, very real murder. Right, right. He Um, ignored all the great. He was like, let's just, uh, his whole storyline was like, we want to figure out what the fuck happened to this girl and where is she? And if she was buried in the basement, like what happened to her? So, um, it starts, though, with a completely different storyline. So when we were in TV together, we learned, we were both in comedy Not script on writing. TV, to be clear. In, in, in TV. TV class. Being told we'll never be on TV, <laughs> right. to be clear. Yeah. Um, we, our first real class, well, our second class we took together, but the first one I remember you in uh, was script writing. Oh, yeah. What was his name? Mr. Lohan or something? It was something like L. Yeah, start yeah. with an L. Loman? Loman? That sounds right. I don't know. Wow. Um, I forget. We had to write a modern family spec script together. Yes, that was yes, fun. yes. fun. I slept the whole time in class. <laughs> uh, can confirm. I sat next to M sleeping the whole time. It was the first. I think that's why I remember you more because it was the first time I actually sat next to you in yeah, a class. Yeah, we sat next to each other. And I, every time you came in, I was like, is M okay? <laughs> like, is this person okay? I was reverse cycling like you your really baby might. You really slept the entire. <laughs> you'd put your backpack on the thing and just like pass out. And I was like, well. And then they were like, so Christine, you have to write a script with M. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and also it was like. I was that shitty kid in a group project and Christine probably did all the work. It was, I don't even remember <laughs> that. But it was like 11 a.m. And I was like, wow, M just goes to bed at 11 a.m. I mean. I sure do. That's exactly correct. So, um. One thing we learned in script writing was like a, like an A storyline, B storyline, sometimes a C storyline right. based on how many characters are in the show. And I feel like someone who writes scripts wrote this Ghost Adventures episode because it felt like there was an A plot, B plot, C Ooh. plot. So the an A plot is usually the main storyline. The B is like the secondary characters in that episode having right. their own storyline. And then sometimes there's a C plot, which is like the tiniest thing, but gets it five gets minutes like of the episode. It gets mentioned again near the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there was a, the C plot was that while he was trying to, while Zach was trying to get research on this house, he ends up going to like the University of Colorado, Denver and talking to a professor, but students recognize him on campus and they're like, there's this haunted brewery on campus. You have to go. So oh, there's like God. a weird five minutes of this whole show or is dedicated to him, like investigating something he didn't even mean to investigate on the show. <laughs> okay. Um, the B plot is that... The B plot and the A plot are pretty much, they had the same amount of time, it feels like. Um, but one of the rumors of this house is that businesses always fail. And one of them is because Peabody didn't like uh-huh. employees or worker unions, labor unions, 
and so he was in some way like Like sabotaging them somehow sabotaging them or getting into their psyche and ruining their careers it was a weird storyline to run (laughs) with but okay (laughs) so um basically zach was told that any businesses that open here close very quickly the waiters are clumsy for example or they like get scared of the kitchen and don't want to go in there so they don't get their job done fast enough and potentially the ghost of peabody is bothering the workers because he doesn't want them to succeed okay okay So the B storyline here. That's their here motivation. Got it. Okay. The is, foil. Is that Zach decides that he's going to do an experiment with the crew where oh, he God. basically gets five sets of five rounds of Postmates. <laughs> I, we did that experiment all the time. <laughs> We're great at that experiment. Um, he decided that he was going to hire that for one night a, uh, a restaurant staff of a waiter and a waitress. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. And he was going to... Have him, Aaron, and I don't know who else was there, all sit in the pitch black and do a ghost investigation while they are being catered to and I having this dinner. Idea. I'd like to follow up on this <laughs> and just like sit down and have someone cater for me. So we hired a waiter and a waitress to serve them in hopes to piss off Peabody that there were two workers this back at really it in the house. Strange angle, but okay. He also said that for the sake of like the the I don't know what the right word would be, but to make sure that there was no contamination or anything the waiter and waitress had no idea that this house was haunted these people are like why are we here i was gonna say okay but you're a a one waiter and one waitress in a massive fucking six plus thousand square foot house yep in the dark in it on his like a historical millionaire's row in the pitch fucking black serving zach bagans and his crew with cameras pointing at every fucking angle but he they have no idea what's going on they would never guess they thought this might be like an Animal Planet special. Like, what do you think they think is going on? I mean, come on. Christine, the waitress literally says, and I quote, to Zach while she's serving him, is this supposed to be the most haunted location in Denver? And then even the waiter comes up later and says, yeah, this place is supposed to be really haunted. Like, <laughs> like so they're like, stupid, right? Like, okay, they're, like, talk about contaminating, like, the innocence of this waiter this and waitress. Is, there's no placebo. F- yeah, this is not working. So in their five rounds of food that they had delivered to them and <laughs> they were served, um, serve me my taco bell like in the what? pitch black uh the only thing that happens is that an orb flies into zach's head and he feels something grab him at the same time and then the waiters say that they feel off which like fucking duh yeah like, <laughs> i would i feel off just hearing about this if you didn't feel off like what kind of other restaurants have you been yeah, serving you, you at? work for a weird catering company um interestingly ish according to zach at least it was interesting that the wait staff started really moving slower and they started saying that they were like freaking out and they were they were getting more scared but like i'm sure placebo effect of yes, being exactly. on ghost mentors also by that point it's like 3 a.m of course you're moving and slower this is your fifth meal you're serving <laughs> these people and uh basically the cameras show that they're quote avoiding the kitchen but maybe like i don't know how tv shows are written maybe they were just like they were about to go home or something i'm not sure yeah they also did get a female EVP saying the word waitress. Oh. So, okay. All right. That's something. A storyline. The A storyline is that Zach is super invested in trying to debunk the story of the abducted girl. Debunk it? Or figure out what happened. Oh, oh, oh. Um, and so, what do you do when you need to figure out the story of an abducted girl who was buried in the basement? You bring on a guest star who is a UFC fighter named Brendan Schaub. What? I don't know who wrote this episode, but it was very that went not from, like li- A to like seven. <laughs> like it didn't even go to a letter; it just went like to a different <laughs> alphabet. It went from H to hashtag to like nothing that makes sense. Um, 
yeah, so I don't know what deal Brendan Schaub scored to be like a guest star on this, this episode. This is like when Catfish hires a random like MTV. Celebrities. Well, that makes sense because someone like had a baby or Max is directing an episode, but this was just like <laughs> Zach wanted to bring on another big scary muscly dude to watch him get scared. I don't know. He probably's just a UFC fan and was like, "This is my chance." You maybe know? I don't know, or maybe like the UFC fighter had a really good manager and he was like, "I like Zach Bagans. Get me on the show." Well, okay. He, by the way, was not invited to the five course meal. So what? Um. So this UFC fighter, they all go into the basement together to investigate the girl's murder. And I will say their spirit box, they use a spirit box to talk to the ghost. And it was actually pretty scary. Okay. I would have been scared. The spirit box always freaks me out. It, it was very weird. And also they were clear. It was clear audio, not like the normal garbled shit. You have to kind of guess, like maybe the producers made this they seem like it's it scary. Yeah. No, this was like, I would be scared. I would yeah. be very scared. So the, um, they asked, can you tell us what your name is? And the spirit box said, Pete. Okay. Then someone said, are you a nice guy or a mean guy? And the spirit box said, watch it. <laughs> in which case i'd be like you got it my friend and yep. i would call an uber pete got your message pete, loud and clear see you never so um <laughs> then they said what happened to the girl down here and the spirit box said she was raped and very what? clearly it said that sentence very oh, clearly no. yeah um did they play that on air oh yeah yeah okay and uh so then they asked who raped her. Yeah. And the spirit box said it was, and then it sounded like the name like wit or wit or skip or like something with that kind of sound. It was one syllable. It was wit. Yeah. Um, so we don't, I don't totally know the name. Um, I assumed like wit, like Whitney or I don't know. Yeah. Um, did you witness the next question they asked? Did you witness the rape? And the spirit box said it is violent here. Holy mother. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. Also, I was watching it alone in a hotel room, so I was really freaked out. Um, They said, are there bodies, are there any bodies buried here and where? And so the story that even I was told on the tour is that they buried her in the basement, but the, I guess the way that the building used to be constructed was that part of the basement was underneath what is the alley outside. Okay. Yeah. So, um... So technically it's like not in the house cause it's kind of jutted out underground and it would be underneath the street. Okay. So, um, they said, are there any berries bodied here and where? And the berries spirit box bo- said, bodied ber- where is the, you said <laughs> any berries bodied. Are there, sorry. Are there any bodies buried here and where? Right. And the spirit box said street. Ooh. ooh. Um, so Zach starts walking towards the, the wall that leads to the alley. Right. And the spirit box said, found it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 and then um they ended up later on that same wall finding a crawl space so all the zach the zach adventures yikes <laughs> the, the zach crew the ghost adventures crew they later found a call uh not really found it but they walked up to where they saw a crawl space in the wall yeah next to the alley the ghost had found it and the body could have been buried there. So Zach got a picture and he did find like a weird purple mist in the crawl space. Ew. Um, so the, as they're walking over to the crawl space or while um, the rest of the people are walking and following Zach over to the crawl space, the spirit box says the words, he's scared. <laughs> and they say, who's scared? Called out. They say, who's scared? And in a completely different voice, they say, Brendan, the <gasps> UFC fighter. Oh. <gasps> 
I forgot who that was. <laughs> the UFC guy. <laughs> and like they say it's very clearly again. Like it's like it's a little either like a little girl's voice or a female voice going like Brendan. Like who's scared? Duh. Brendan. Duh. It's Big B. So um Yuck. And the episode basically ends with them leaving Brendan in the basement alone. <gasps> Wait, what? <laughs> that's kind really? of it. It's like the, nothing else happens nice. afterwards. <laughs> but so that's the story of the Peabody Whitehead Mansion oh, in Denver, my Colorado. God, ew. Ew, 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 ew. That yeah. one gave me some goose cam, though. I will say that Ghost Adventures episode at the end was a little freaky. Yeah. So the, I feel like the first half of it with like the, the dining the experience and like the. The I just feel like they had to prove why they expensed it, and that's why they kept it on the episode. I yeah, <laughs> they were like their business manager was like, "Are you sure that you are you sure you needed this?" Actually, yeah, very yeah. important B plot. Uh, anyway, so there you have it. Nice work. And that's why we drink is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your terms. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I don't know this for a fact, but it's my opinion that there is no easier way to build a website than Squarespace because of this drag-and-drop technology. It gets better every year, and it is just, you when you think it can't get any better and easier, it does. I've been using Squarespace <laughs> since 2017. Um, and in that time, they have just proven themselves to be the best and easiest way to make a website. So anytime I make a website for any reason, that's where I go. When you're ready to get started, you can use one of Squarespace's professional website templates with designs for every category, and then you can customize it. You can customize the look, add new content, add features to fit your unique needs. It's just a great spot to have a landing page for you, for your business, for whatever it is you're trying to market or showcase. Squarespace is the best platform to use, in my opinion. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie. Literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And we're back. 
round two, how was your midwife appointment? <laughs> well, I'm still here and I'm still pregnant, so. Oh, uh, wow. We had, uh, even I had a good time. I snooped through Christine's things. Um, I was actually very disappointed. I was so disappointed. Well, okay, so I did find your journals, but I knew better than to open them. I didn't open them. I do thoroughly appreciate that because. Um, I'm sure there's something embarrassing in there. There's no way you have a journal from childhood and there's, there's not something good. a lot. And also, those are probably not even from childhood. They're probably from, like, the last three years. So, mm, I'm probably in them. So, now, actually, I wish the I looked at The statute of limitations <laughs> is not up on those. Don't check um, it. <laughs> but so, I was, um, I so, one of the things I'm learning about Christine's house is that every single room has, like, very weird multiple offshoots. <laughs> yes, it does. Like, alcoves, cubby like holes. Like, this room, you wouldn't know, spaces. but on the other side of this wall, right here, also, we got smoothies. Um, <laughs> on this wall, there's a room that's like a mass, like, I don't know what to call because it it's too small to be a bedroom, but it's way too big to be a closet. Right. It's way too big. It's like, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's, you can fit a bed in there because on the other side, there's the exact same thing with the, in the exact same size. So and there is a bed in a there. A queen size actually fits in there. But the bed fits exactly. Like you can't, there's nothing you can put on either side yeah, of the bed. You kind of just have to crawl. If you have to reach the printer or whatever's over there, you have to crawl across the bed to get there. So that's what happened. So that was <laughs> where I found your bin of goods that I was trying to snoop through. What? What's over there? No, there was like on the other side of the bed, there was a Tupperware and that's where I found like all your journals and stuff. Oh, fun. Did you know that's there? I do now. So I was trying to crawl over the bed to like put it back because I was bored. There was nothing in there except all of your straight A report cards, <laughs> fucking nerd. And uh, <laughs> M literally, Eva sends me a photo and says, M is proud of you. And it was M holding like my participation volleyball trophy from middle school. And I was like, what? Fun fact, Christine was on the dean list every single <laughs> semester of college. And her worst grade was three solid Bs. I, my mom was so mad at me about that. She I am mad at you she too still because. still talks about it. Wow, a B was the best I could do. Um, anyway, I had to like crawl, army crawl on the bed to get the, the Tupperware on the other <laughs> side be, to put it back when I was done with it. And I was like, I'm just going to lie down. I need, I'm too tired now. It was like, got on the mattress and was like, all right. I just, it was like, by in. the way, it was a Helix mattress. So, um, promo code drink or something. And, uh, I was just lying there and I was like, wow, I'm just like vibing. I'm having such a good time just lying down here. <laughs> Poor Eva. Eva's, what's she doing? She's out here. Eva like, was just sitting here. Like, okay, bye, Em, I So guess. Eva like looked around the door, the the door frame and was like, you having a good time in here? And I, I guess while we were talking for a second, the bed is not next to the, you, this is in this room where the mattresses is also where. Uh, Christine does her cricket machine. Listen, if while we're throwing out everything embarrassing about me, yes, that is my cricket machine room. And so, what is that? What would you call that lazy Susan of material? The fabric thing. Oh yeah, my vinyl. Okay. My vinyl carousel. So okay, so you've got a vinyl carousel. <laughs> of course I do. Let me show people. Can I grab it? Yes, absolutely. It used to just be all over the floor. So at least I have it sort of organized. I bought it at Michael's. My little carousel. This is what I bought to make you clothes with. So. This it's, is a t-shirt. It's vinyl. a lazy Susan. So I, it's next to the bed. So while I'm lying on the bed and, and Eva shows up. Uh -huh. Eva Wait, was, what happened? Now I'm like freaking out. I was sitting there and we were just talking and this was not touching the bed. I wasn't near this thing, but all of a sudden it started doing this all by Wait, itself. Wait, are you serious? All by itself. Spinning. Wait, what? Like a Wait, full and rotation. you saw this too? Cause Eva pointed it out behind me. She was like, why is that spinning by itself? And Wait, I and turned the, around. The cat wasn't here? No. <gasps> Ew, what? It was spinning all by itself, and Eva was like, why is it spinning? And I looked over, and it was fully rotating by itself. Eva's making the eek face, and I don't and like it. And then I looked over, 
and like we checked to see like oh was there a gap like maybe when i rolled over on the mattress sure. and pushed it nothing it, there was a huge space well that's them. never moved and it's never it's never moved all from that itself. spot and it's never moved by itself that's for sure all by itself like it did a full by itself and then rolled back on itself by itself are you, are you for real? I'm not kidding. And that's why I sprinted out of the bedroom. Well, what's weird is that, like, if that happened when I was here, I would be able to hear it and see it. So I don't know. Like, that's not something that's ever happened before. I don't like that. Well, okay. I didn't realize that happened when I was gone. All I heard was, one, I'm disappointed in the lack of go- gossip I found in your in your, I guess, Dean's list report cards, and B, there's a ghost in your closet. It, no, it did. Ha- it really freaked me. I was like, that's a very. It felt super intentional, <laughs> and also I had just been in the room, like totally vibing. So maybe it felt like super chill and safe to like try something. Or maybe Eva showed up and it was like, get out, we're vibing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you just like ruined the vibe, harsh the vibe, but harsh uh, the mellow. But anyway, what? so that happened, and that's why I came over here. God and then, damn it, you guys show up, and all of a sudden. By the way, the place that I left the helix mattress for was this little nook in, in the, <laughs> it's on now the other called side M's right there nook. yeah best nap of my it's like a life. window seat with an air conditioner unit and oh my God, it was a so zach good. bagan's blanket it's m's new i didn't spot. care that eva was here i woke up and christine was here from her midwife appointment i was like my cervix blah 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 and m's just like passed the hell out anyway if you ever like i don't know end up in christine's house that's the nook to take a Please nap don't in. T- end up in my house step one but if you do yeah, if you did just go into that nook. i guess you'll, you'll find it you'll know it spot. it looks cozy so it's it's now has a big label m's spot it also nook. has a big dent from where my big ass body was lying <laughs> for the last two hours so now we're finishing the story anyway. so carry it away christine so we're gonna do this i'm drinking a pint some pineapple smoothie i'm gonna uh have some dates and some uh, spicy food and wants to uh we're gonna do meet it, the whatever. baby before they leave. So. We're gonna do whatever we can. I want to catch the baby on its way uh, out. Oh, uh, sorry. M wants to deliver the baby. I guess. <laughs> Look again. I did watch TikTok for all of quarantine. I know how to deliver a baby at this point. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <TikTok. So. laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't think that last well, sentence makes me feel very good. If anything, Dwight Schrute did teach me that babies are slippery. So <laughs> I at least know that to catch He's it in like, my shirt I or something. It in butter. The world. <laughs> oh yikes. Okay. Um. All right. So tell me about a really horrid thing instead of us being happy. Okay, fantastic. I actually have like a pretty wild one today that I feel like you'll get like jazzed. Yeah. Or like gasp. You know what I mean? Somebody said that when I told you, I forget what, I think it might've been Casey Anthony that you were like, (gasps) your gasps were like epic. So thank you. I didn't know that. We'll see. I'm excited to do it again. Um, I felt like it was a compliment to me because I was like finally getting you like as like jazz do you know what i mean well let's try it let's all right let's it try this is the story of michael and susan bear carson okay uh aka the san francisco witch killers Ooh, <laughs> i do like san francisco and i do like witches i do not like killers so two out of three yeah well witch killer is i feel like a double bad then um because they're killers and they kill witches uh well Ooh. well oh we'll get there spoiler alert so okay. Uh, the, th- I think the best summation of this case, uh, is a sentence from Film Daily, which, uh, goes as follows. When Divorce's James Clifford Carson and Susan Barnes met, things got pretty weird pretty fast. So that's the, that's the opening. Fair enough. Opening line to this movie. <coughs> Sorry, Ooh, and place. now a door is creaking. Is it the little girl in your room spins my vinyl carousel (laughs) was it the ghost of a cricket maybe how embarrassing i feel like if i called jim harold's camper i'd be like i have a vinyl uh carousel i feel like people would just immediately tune out my lazy susan just spins all the time of cricket materials so embarrassing okay 
1977, we're at a party in Phoenix, Arizona, and a woman named Susan is there, and she lays eyes on a man named James, and in that moment, everything clicks in her soul. It was love. It was love, and she says, this is the one. This is him. That's what happened when our eyes met. Uh, I was like, if you say Austin, I'll punch you, but me, yes, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Except no, because you were just sleeping in Professor Lohman's class, but that's okay. It was a long day. You were totally right about Michael Lohman. That was his name. Right? Yeah. He worked on What's Sesame Street. What's up, Michael Street. Loman? Uh, okay, so basically her feeling was she had been waiting for this man for the last three years of her life. And she means that in a literal sense. I was so say three years. It's very specific. Not four? Okay. <laughs> no. So according to Oxygen, after taking mescaline on one occasion in 1974. Now, do you know what mescaline is? No. Because I'm like a, a, not a big baby. I didn't really Is totally that like a know. mushroom thing? It is a hallucinogen. Huh. It's the active ingredient in peyote. Oh, uh-huh. and wow. uh, so she saw everything. She, had, she saw things. <clears throat> um, and according to Wikipedia, it's a naturally occurring psychedelic known for its hallucinogenic effects comparable to those of LSD. Hmm. So she had taken mescaline in 1974, and she had a vision that she would soon meet the man of her dreams. Whoa. Three years later, when she finally saw James at a party, she thought, this is the man I've been searching for. And according to James's daughter, Jen, who becomes like a character in the story, Jen said that when the pair met, quote, it was almost like two magnets just shooting across the room and joining. I think they had great sexual attraction. Girl, okay. It's like, that's their daughter talking? That's his daughter. That's how you know. That's Awkward. When your own kid can tell. Dad and stepmom. <laughs> just no way to deny it, Yikes. I guess. You know what? Kind of awkward, but you know what? I guess. I appreciate her awareness of the situation. For real. Why not be honest about it? Yeah. It's so, like, yo, they were horned up. Okay. Were I feel like Jen go. somewhere is like, I didn't say that. <laughs> Sorry for the paraphrase of Jen. <laughs> this is why we're not real journalists. <laughs> um, so that party kicked off what would become significant chapters of both Susan's and Michael's lives. Now, remember, I just um, said Michael, but if you're listening very James. carefully, yeah, you're like, wait, that's not his name. Yeah. It's James, um, which I, it took me a while to put that together. But there's a reason. Okay? okay. So at the party, immediately after their eyes locked, Susan went up to James and told him about her vision that he was the one she had been waiting for. Can you imagine? Yeah. And so apparently, instead of being like, cool, I got to go refill my beer, uh, he was like, Wow. I love that for us and was all over it. Good for her. Good for her though. Like she did. She just went for it. Right. I'm saying, like if you are to approach someone and say like, you're the man of my dreams. Don't you want him to say, then let's fucking go. Yeah. I mean, what else it do you expect? Out. Right. Like if he's like, no, I'm not. Then like, you've got problems. Like, Ooh, I pick wrong. Yeah. Or I shouldn't have. T- yeah. Because now the man of my dreams is, like, scared of me. Yeah. I do like to think if someone approached me and said something like that of, like, we're supposed to be best friends, I'd be like, I'll give it a whirl. I think I would be like, I do too much true crime for this. I don't (laughs) don't think this is going to fly. I'd be like, we'll text and maybe maybe see each other, like, between a brick wall or something. I'd be like, cool, 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 cool. I'm really busy this weekend. Maybe some other time. Um, So he is like, hell yeah, I'm in it. I'm on it. And she says, here's the vision specifically. This is what I envisioned in my mescaline high. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah. So she says, James, your name is really Michael. And you are named after the angel who fought the devil. And apparently the conversation literally went, no, my name is James. To which she responded, no, you are Michael, (laughs) an angel of God. Um, In that moment... (laughs) 
he immediately went, hmm, I was on board, and now I feel like you I am not on board. You think so, and you would hope so. But did he just, like, ride? He, he was like, it? okay, and he immediately, instantly changed his name to Michael. Like, not legally, but, like, in started introducing himself she as She really did find her perfect match. Like, she, f- for what it's worth, they did match up pretty well. Yeah, and All he right. was, like, instead of, like, Red Flag Central, it was, like, magical unicorn rainbow central of like this is my it sounds like that's exactly what they both wanted yeah yeah they were bound to be uh magnetically horn dogged up or whatever you said a minute ago (laughs) um (laughs) and not jen i don't i stand by what i said (laughs) so oxygen described it uh as follows it didn't take long for the new couple to descend into a life of sex and hallucinogenic drug taking but it wasn't all fun and games which to me sounds like keith morrison like but it wasn't all fun and games. Like he has like a <laughs> no, nah, that's not a good impression. Like, like a narrator before. It the, wasn't all fun. like he has this pod. He has podcast now, and it's just like you can just hear Keith Morrison in your head, and it's so. I think of like um, what's his name, Zach Morrison or Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. Oh, and he's like freeze frame. It wasn't all fun and games. <laughs> that's a more fun way to do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't all. I feel like Zach Morris. Th- that was his name, right? Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Eva, for the. <laughs> Some 80s knowledge there. like, check. Keith Morrison uh, always, to me, sounds like he's having too much fun with the horrible true crime story. Uh Like, but it wasn't all fun and games. Like, just get, wait for me to tell you what happens. And it's like, okay. It's like he's on the edge of his seat with a really good story. With his own story. Yeah. Yeah. So, let me tell you a little bit about these two folks. So, Michael Bear Carson. That's his, like, new name, right? Because he was James, remember? Right. He was born James Clifford Carson on November 28th, 1950, Sagittarius, and grew up in Oklahoma. Um, according to a site called the Socians, I, I think that's how you say it, look, it's S-O-C-I-A-N-S, Socians? 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 I don't know. It's, it looks like social, but Socian. Yeah, socials Socians? with an N. Um, so I, uh, this website is really wild. So this is their little about me. It says at the Socians, Socians, we bring you lesser known and discussed contents in an interesting and broad range of comprehensive and enlightening articles on the subject range from bizarre crimes, occult history and mystery, untold stories, mini blogs, hashtag me too, and a forum to satisfy your thirst of knowledge and curiosity. We strive to maintain a balance of healthy skepticism and entertainment while never losing our sense of humor. I feel like we'd get along with them. That's a, it's a blast. I was on there. Like, are we the Socians? I love, I want to be one now hang on is that like a membership we can join i don't know i want to be invited if someone out there is a socian tell first tell us us how to say it yeah because that would be embarrassing in the interview if we don't know how to say it (laughs) all i want to do is be a socian and they're like well (laughs) that's that's not you're actually not allowed um that's test one and you failed (laughs) so according to their site james clifford carson was a non-traditionalist white collar class dropout he was learned and he took a unique enthusiasm for history religions and reasoning uh, it was at University of Iowa where he was getting a degree in Chinese studies mm. that he met his first wife, Lynn. And when they graduated, they had a daughter named Jennifer. And that's Jen who got it later meets her stepmom, who et cetera. Des- describes him a little too well. A little too <laughs> yeah. on the nose, if yeah. you will. So the family moved to Arizona where he worked as a stay-at-home dad taking care of Jennifer. And Lynn worked as a teacher. And Jennifer remembers her dad as an adoring father. And, like, she considered herself daddy's little girl. But when she turned four or five... Lynn and Jennifer both noted problems with James. Um, he started dealing weed, and mm-hmm. around that time, he began becoming really violent. Um, according to an article on WBUR, which is uh, like the Boston Public Radio, okay. fun fact, oh. um, 
he began violently threatening anyone who upset him, including his own wife. Oh, shit. He got a gun, and that's when Lynn was like, I'm out of here. So when Jen was five in 1979, her her parents divorced after a decade of marriage, and her mom was like, you're coming with me Uh to the little one. Mm -hmm. So meanwhile, Susan, who they have not – Stars have not aligned yet. Uh-huh. Okay. She is um, named Susan Barnes originally. Now, I want to specify, it gets confusing, but Susan Barnes is S-U-S-A-N, for now. Uh-huh. <laughs> on September... For now. Okay. For now. Uh, on September 14th, 1941 is when she was born, so she's a Virgo. She was living the classic American rural housewife life in the 60s. She had two teenage sons. Um, but she kind of was feeling trapped, so she wanted more from her life. She got divorced, started doing drugs, uh, including LSD, mescaline, peyote, etc. And how is she getting her hands on peyote in the fifties or seventies? Seventies, okay. You know, a lot of things were traveling about seventies desert 70s. life. Like I think you know, if you're in the right crowds, Arizona. I think she's in Arizona. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes um, more sense. In my mind, I was thinking <clears throat> Boston. No, the other guy, I, yeah, I did talk about the Boston uh, public radio, but um, no. So the the one guy's in Oklahoma. I'm not entirely sure. I think she was from Arizona. Is whatever she found whatever. peyote. She was she did it. If you want peyote, you can probably find it. Is oh. what I'm guessing. Sounds um, like it. Yeah. So she starts doing drugs now. This gets pretty bad because she starts inviting her son, teenage son's friends and schoolmates over and like uh. sleeping with them, which is like yucko. Um, according to oxygen, uh, it was thought that she had slept with 150 (gasps) young men. And by that, I mean like often boys. So, and these are all from her son's high school. Um, probably not all, but just like, that's where she was pulling them from. Okay. Um, So they were minors, right? Uh, a lot of them were minors. Okay. So we should clarify. And not coal coal miners, not coal miners. Not coal miners. Child miners. Child yeah. miners. And we should um, clarify it's right though. I would think so. If okay. if they were yes, if they were her teenage son's friends, then presumably it was statutory rape, yes. Got it. So when she turned thirty five, while supposedly uh totally sober, which okay, we'll see. But uh allegedly sober, she had an epiphany that she was a mystic because she was having so many mind flights. What in the world does that mean? Uh what is a mind flight? Big question mark. But okay. that is what led her to believe she is a mystic, a prophet. She's very special. Well, I would sure like to know what the fuck a mind flight is so I can I see mean, if I'm I also a mystic. Honestly, like, you just wouldn't understand. I, apparently not. I, I imagine that's like astral projecting. That's all I can... Th- that's what it sounds like. Right? A mind flight? You or, fly away from your own I mean, body? It sounds like drugs. <laughs> like, it sounds you like go drugs. on drugs and you have a mind flight is what it sounds like to me. So it sounds like when you're high, you are... A, that's she, what I'm she's thinking. A, okay. Like, literally high. I don't know, but... It's, it's to each their own, obviously. I guess so. Uh, she was having mind flights, and she was a mystic because of it. So one of her visions told her she was going to meet a man called Michael. And by that, we mean James, but she decided he was named Michael because mm. he was the one. And she's like, well, I guess your name is now Michael because that fits my vision. Okay. So they did meet. This is just a fun like throwback to horoscopes. Horoscopes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a Sagittarius and a Virgo, which apparently are not a good match. Loving that we're doing this. I know, right? That's a brilliant idea. Because, okay. like, like, this is one of those very much, like, partner crimes that, like, yeah. it's Have you just... ever done Bonnie and Clyde? Um, I did it for a live show once. 
And okay. we did read the we did read the horoscope. Fun. Okay. You're like fun. That must have been great. When we should, did it. I bet. I bet I was impressed. You were then excited too. then. I so. think. But it's been well. I'm sure I have the notes somewhere. Um. So the star sign compatibility as a Sagittarius and Virgo, this is according to astrologyzodiacsigns.com. There's only a 32% romantic compatibility. Hmm. Uh, the relationship between a Virgo and a Sagittarius is not a usual happy ending emotional story. Uh-oh. Yeah. There are many challenges in their way. The biggest being their emotional lack of understanding and their possible lack of respect. Still, when they find a way to show emotions and share them in the same pace and in an understandable way, they could actually have a lot of fun together. Oh, Okay. Their communication is often exciting, and they both have a lot to say to each other, but their rationality may distract them from an actual search for love. Mm. If they discover how well they complement each other, they might be able to stay together for a long time. Now, compatibility-wise, they have a 1% compatibility when it comes to trust. What? Which is not good. Oh, my god! And when it comes to communication, they have a 60%. So, like, still a D, but way better than a 1%. So wait, 1% on compatibility at all? No, no, for trust. For trust. Oh, 1% that they will work out trusting. That trust-wise, they are a good match, and 60% communication-wise. That sounds like some bad bad stats. Yeah, it's not like a good sign. Hmm. Um, So if you're out there and you're like, wait, that's me and my partner, like, I'm Uh sure it's different for you. (laughs) But also, like, if you happen to be, like, (laughs) I I feel bad for that one, like, Virgo or Sagittarius who's in, like, having a fight right now with the person they're dating because they don't trust each other. It's like, oh no. Well, homie, but that just 1%. Means it's in the stars. It's not your fault. Like, it's yeah, neither of your faults. It's just like it's the, the universe it's did it. The world's mind flight or it's something. A, it's the Mercury's on a mind flight. <laughs> Mercury's in mind flight, and it's not your fault. Okay? So don't worry about it. 60% communication. Just talk it out. Yeah. You got this. You'll figure it out. Um, I mean, I'm dating a, ca- I mean, I'm married to a Capricorn. That's not supposed to work out either. So, like, Hey, you know what? Sometimes it's, it can work. It's going to have to now. Look at that belly. It's, it's too late. It's too late to turn back. Um, so this was allegedly their fate, according to um, according to Susan, and I guess also Michael slash James. But Jen, the daughter, reckons that because of her father's state at the time, quote, if he had fallen in love with a televangelist, he would have become one. If she had joined ISIS, he would have. Whoa. He was that much of a follower. He was drawn to extremists, people he found really exciting. Yeah, what's what's their percentage rating on loyalty? A thousand That's a percent? great point. Blind that loyalty. Blind loyalty. That's a really good point. I mean, she, well, it, for since, her to even have the confidence of, like, if I became, like, a, like a cult member, he would absolutely have came with he me. He would become a terrorist. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that was the daughter saying it. Oh, oh, oh. Saying, like, if this woman, like, she was saying about her own dad. I like, like to think she still knows him pretty fucking yes, well. Yes, no, though, so. completely. And she was watching it from a third-party perspective um, about her own dad, too. So she was like, he was screwed, basically, with wow. the next extremist he met. <clears throat> um, so I don't know if that's a Sagittarius thing. I don't know much about Sagittarius, so. Uh, I know Deirdre is a Sagittarius, and she's like vastly independent though hmm i don't know i don't know i, I did like Sagittarius, but i don't know I've, i don't think he would have become a terrorist i've for never me. yeah i was gonna say i've never <laughs> met anyone that deirdre has been like i'd be a terrorist for them maybe you this know? is just a him problem a james <laughs> it feels like this Michael one problem. involves childhood matters <laughs> there's a lot more <laughs> happening behind the scenes maybe yeah. than just the stars okay so things have progressed quickly, not surprisingly. They moved in together. Susan continued to have more visions as their relationship progressed. Um, so the next vision she had told her that they should change their last names to Bear Carson. 
Ba- so okay. bear, B-E-A-R, just like add like the word grr. bear, grizzly okay. bear to their middle names. So James slash Michael was now Michael Bear Carson, and she was Susan Bear. And um, she also changed her name from Susan with an S to Susan with a Z. So that's where I was trying to say like, oh. So instead of Susan, she's Susan. Instead of September, she's September. September, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Susan, Susan sounds the same to me, but so does September and September. So I don't know anymore. But <laughs> apparently she changed her name from Susan to Susan. Okay. Which is, like, that's the least wild thing she's done so far. Yeah, so far, if that was, the, like, Allison's biggest request in our relationship, I'd be like, whatever. She's like, I'm going to take one L out of my name. Yeah. It's going to be wild. <laughs> it's like, okay. I'm going to be Allison, actually. <laughs> I just am like, that's, okay. Uh, I guess that's the least wild. But I guess she had a whole vision about that. Hmm. Um, now, most strikingly, the next vision, um, Susan now urged Michael that they had a new calling, and this was that they were going to become witch-killing Muslims. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> That's a deep dive. It's That's a big bananas. change from just changing your Correct. last, your middle name to Bear. So, like, that part is like, okay, you do you, have a little crisis, change your name to an animal, that's fine. Also, this, like, a bad look for Muslims. Yeah, these story. two white, was... middle, white suburban folks decide they're going to become, quote, witch-killing Muslims, which is like... That's their phrase, to be clear. Wow. That's not, they n- did not actually become Muslims, to be clear. This is their phrasing. Right. So, yes, Muslims who kill witches was literally what they were trying Yikes. to do. Yikes. Holy yeah. shit. Apologies <laughs> to witches and Muslims, Apologies, by the way. Apologies, big ones. Um, so, as Oxygen later specified, unfortunately, Susan and Michael missed the part of Islam that prohibits the taking of mind altering drugs and murder. <laughs> so and while I we're feel at like it, they're kind of doing their own thing at this point. <laughs> while we're at it, right. Yeah. And created their own sick cult like religion, dragging the name of Allah into it as justification. Gross. The couple claimed to be vegetarian Muslim warriors, that's a quote, uh, who held the belief that their higher power wanted them to kill people who took part in witchcraft, homosexuality, and abortion. Well, I'm gone. They believed. I was gone a long time ago, uh, but yeah, I guess gone is in check I guess the fuck out welcome. of the story. Yeah. <laughs> they believed that they were doing this for the sake of the country's future and that they were initiators of a holy war against witches. Gross. If they were in this day and age though, imagine the like ranks they would have climbed in QAnon by now. In QAnon indeed. Yeah. Insane. I mean, it's, it's story time and time. Tale is old as time. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. As you say. Uh-huh. As one says. Sure, 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 sure. So now there's another cool site called Here's the Fucking Twist, which is like <laughs> that. If that's not a podcast, it needs to be. Are you listening? Is. Here's the Fucking Twist. Can we be on your Please. show, actually? That'd be so fun. I love it. Um, in the most recent vision, Susan rattled off a list and Michael wrote it down. It was a list of witches, including President Ronald Reagan, Johnny Carson, and California Governor Jerry Brown, among others. Wow. And she also included a detailed plan on how they were going to kill Ronald Reagan. So that's good. Oof. That's great. Just ro- like, just have a paper trail for your presidential yeah, right. assassination. Why not good take call. a legal pad and write it down, just so you don't forget. So there's a Medium article by uh, Delanier Bartlett, and uh, this is a, a quote. This is I, I've already known about this for a while because it's one of my weird deep dive researches once. But uh, this kind of shared madness is called folie deux. Do you no. know about that? Nope. Okay. <clears throat> I do, but I'll explain why. Um, or more clinically, a shared psychotic disorder. So it's like a delusional disorder that's shared by two people. Oh. And it's often like people who share really close emotional ties. Um, and there's a passive partner and an active partner. Mm. Um, so Susan would have been the active partner in this case. And Michael is the passive one who just joins in so on the So is it like they're like en- enabling each other's like crazy thoughts yes it's sort of like they're both in the exact same like shared psychosis and so 
there's a Fall Out Boy album, obviously, called oh, Fully Under It. And it's, obviously. it's a great album. But so that's obviously when I learned about it back in like high school. But yes, and in Criminal Minds, it's like a common theme of like, it's something called folia de shared madness of two. It's like a French term. Anyway, okay. so if you watch Criminal Minds, you probably have heard this term before. But that is what it's very rare because obviously um, it's a, it's tough to find two people who who are willing agree to this. Yeah, yeah. who are like I'm a hundred and ten percent in on this thing about Muslims killing witches. Sure, you, that's what happens. That's a rare find. <laughs> it's like, that's a rare find. But I mean, she she was right about one thing, which is. That's the guy, and it was. <laughs> you know, like, the one time the mescaline hit right. The one time. She found her man. The mescaline gave her an accurate vision. So they have this shared madness, this shared delusion, um, which is very dangerous, especially if it's, like, violent, because mm-hmm. they can both, like you said, like, back each other up and approve each other's right. terrible, terrible ideas. So the problem is... Well, there's a lot of problems, but one of the problems is that Michael's daughter, Jen, who was still a little girl, had to go shared custody and like <gasps> stay with them at the townhouse from oh, time to time. No. Yeah. And she in like in a Huffington Post article, she like recalls um, she does a lot of interviews, which is kind of cool to like talk about the experience and stuff. So we have a lot of like firsthand accounts from her. And she talks about Susan's living room being painted completely black. She said there were no furniture, no lamps. It was dark, and there were a hundred potted plants. It looked like the haunted forest in Snow White. It sounds like Eva's place on Halloween. <laughs> it's like just succulents everywhere. <laughs> well, hopefully it stops there because she continued, when I would go there for visitations, they wouldn't feed me because they were passed out on the only piece of furniture in the apartment, which was a king-size waterbed. No, Eva feeds me. They so. were passed out naked. <laughs> okay, stop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So it gets worse. So... There's a one waterbed, a hundred plants. Everything is painted black, um, and uh, this poor little girl comes over. Can to you stay. imagine the trauma? Trauma, that's, horrible. That's just like writing. The I mean, next the fact that session. this Jen, as an adult, is like it looked like the Snow White haunted forest. It's like so sad because as a little girl, you know that's what she was thinking about. Yeah, like how scary that would have been. That's awful. So she also says um, she escaped the house once and tried to call the operator, and but all she could say was like she wanted her mommy, but like obviously they didn't know at the time like how to yeah, that's do awful. that. So like she was really it was bad. That's so sad, and then yeah, because they couldn't help her, so she just felt trapped and yeah. scared. And she, wa- and she clearly wanted out. to go home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. And so in that WBR, WBUR article, uh, she remembers a particularly terrifying moment when her stepmother, Susan Carson, came into the room and started rubbing her back. She ended up scratching her and leaving five open wounds. Uh, she was saying things to me like, I will scratch the demon out of you. Oh, fuck off. What? The it, hell? Yeah. It was horrific. You remember when someone is threatening to kill you or tries and harms you in this way. I'm like, yeah, especially if you're a little kid. So it's also not just like emotional, mental trauma. Like she's now getting abused. Yes, correct. Holy shit. And the stepmother is like clearly off her rocker and is like, you're a demon now. You're a witch. Wow. You know, and it's like, holy uh crap. Is Jen still alive? Yes. Yes. She's doing all these interviews. Um, so that was the final straw. Thank God for Jen's mother, Lynn, who was like, who they like went on the run. Cause she was like, I don't want her involved sure. in this man's life. Duh. Took them four. She's, they were on the run for like four years, which sucks that like, that's what you have to do to get out of the situation. Yeah. You have to go into hiding basically to I like hope, escape this abusive person. But you I know, hope the world treated them kindly. I do that. too. Holy crap. So Lynn packed up the car in the middle of the night, took her daughter. They left Phoenix and they spent the next four years moving across the country they finally settled in Orange County, California, and Lynn, all she told her daughter was like, your father's sick, so we can't 
be That's near so him, sad which is too. really sad. Especially as a little kid when you don't understand mental yes. illness. Yeah, completely. You just be like, you know, I mean, yeah, like dad's sick. There's the, nothing you can do about it. Which is like it. true, you know, and the last thing she remembers is being told she has a demon inside her. Yeah. Wow. So thankfully, wow. at least they got out of there before much more happened. Um, after a year of being together, Susan and Michael sold their townhouse and traveled to Europe so that they could preach their beliefs, quote unquote beliefs, to the people of Europe. Um, okay. As part of their travels, they landed in Stonehenge and had a moonlit wedding. <laughs> Whatever that means. It wasn't legally binding. It's not like anybody actually. Well, it sounds like they're, oh, they're, they're witch killers, not witches. No, they're I witch was gonna killers. S- I was witch killing muslims oh, god damn it okay because i was gonna say like maybe it's like a cer- a moon a nighttime ceremony no. under the moon or well, something but maybe they whatever. called it a muslim ceremony but god, like that's... it wasn't uh... obviously so they traveled around europe for a year but then ran out of money which obviously like i don't think that they were doing anything productive with their time so they decided to go right to... did they have jobs this i whole don't time? know honestly god. it doesn't sound like it okay um, they decided to go to San Francisco, where they moved in with a woman named Karen Barnes. Which, oh, poor Karen. Uh, well. Poor Karen. Uh, yeah, poor Karen. Okay, poor Karen. Yeah. Poor Karen, indeed. Um, you're not wrong. So she uh, was an aspiring actor. And her last name is Barnes, but she's not related to Susan Barnes, um, which is her main name. coincidences in this story. I know. So Karen Barnes was a 23-year-old aspiring actor from Georgia, enjoying kind of the hippie scene of San Francisco. And a while into rooming with Karen, Michael and Susan started to really like Karen and want her to be part of their relationship on a more with sexual her consent. Level. Well, I'm just saying they wanted her to be in the fold in a sexual way. I so don't they, want that for her. I don't either. So they approached Karen with their proposition, and she was like, "I'm not interested." But Susan was like, "Oh, I know why she declined. Do you have a guess? Because she's a witch." Correct. Motherfucker. Yeah. So she's like, I know why she doesn't want to be in a relationship with us because she's a witch. And so. she and we she would be falling in love with two witch killers, obviously. Obviously, that would be terrible. It's like Romeo and Juliet. Can you imagine? Do um, they kill her? Correct, yes. So as witch killing vegetarian Muslim warriors, they were like, Wow, we gotta figure this out. They had a vision. It came during a rainstorm. And uh, they decided, wow, Karen is a witch who is trying to steal our yogic powers. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And uh, uh, Susan said she believed Karen was taking away her health, power, and beauty. Um, (laughs) I think you're just aging and problematic, (laughs) my friend. I think you just have bigger problems. I think you're just withering away. And you're refusing to look in the mirror. Right. It's someone else's beauty that's the problem. Uh, So they were like, we know what to do. Apparently, during the rainstorm, every time Susan thought about killing Karen, the thunder would clap. So she's like, that's the universe telling me, or Allah telling me this is a sign. So on March 6, 1981, Susan ordered Michael to kill Karen when she got home from work. That evening, Michael stalked the 23-year-old to the kitchen, where he beat her in the head with a cast iron (gasps) frying pan and then stabbed her 13 times. Holy shit! In the face and neck. Uh, they then wrapped her body in a blanket, put her head on a pillow, and did a series of bizarre childlike drawings all over the walls before leaving. And that was an oxygen quote. Um, oh. Now, there's no photos of these drawings or, like, much description, but we do know that she had written, Susan had written her name next to all the drawings. Ugh. So, like, at the very least, God. we know it was very, like, there was no doubt that she had done this. Thanks for giving yourself credit? For signing like, your work. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. And also, like, interesting that I wonder if the 13 stabs was on purpose. Oh, I didn't think if about that. If she's a that. witch, right? 
fuck, 100%. That would have been a really Maybe. weird coincidence. Otherwise, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it makes no sense, but it makes zero. Yeah, your theory we're trying makes to sense. make sense out of something right, that is right. just senseless. So, um, the following day, police found Karen's body in the apartment. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, there's no pictures of these drawings or any description, but they did say Susan. Um, a close friend of Karen's who had heard the news went to the crime scene and told police, like, hey, she was living with these two weird people named Michael and Susan. See something, say something. See something, say something. And she thought they were pretty odd and they had disappeared. So, hello, suspects. Um, and when the police spoke to Karen's mom, the thank God Karen's mom, like, knew their full names, mm. Michael and Susan Bear Carson. However, since those weren't their real names and they were never legally changed, oh. they were not in the database anywhere. Kind of, I mean, for crazy killers, brilliant move. But yeah. like, yeah, that it's sucks. a bummer. That real bummer. Yeah. So, <laughs> unfortunately, they were not able to find them on any databases, and they spent a year trying to locate these roommates in California. And again, this is like the early '80s. There's not much tracking. You can't track necessarily people's like GPS or credit cards. You know that kind of thing. So it was very. They just couldn't find them. Um, so the con- case went cold. Meanwhile, Michael and Susan had hitchhiked to Oregon and they believe it was Allah who led them to a mountain hideout where they stayed for refuge, but they got bored <laughs> pretty quickly Okay, and decided in spring of 90, 1982 that they wanted to move back to California. So they moved to a place called Alder point and decided to start working on a marijuana farm. This is where I'm like, man, I wish they had just moved to a marijuana farm, lived out the rest of their stupid lives there and left people alone. But, but okay. no, they just can't it drop just got the fucking fake Muslim thing. Um, okay. So they had an argument with, with a coworker. He was 26 years old. His name was Clark Stevens, and he was friends with the owner of the farm, where they, the marijuana farm. And because he was loud and drank a lot, uh, the Bear Carsons, as they were known, decided, oh, he's, this is blasphemous. He's, like, insulting our God, Allah. Okay. So, which I'm like, you're doing LSD every day. Right, okay. But okay, I guess you also, he's um, I'm pretty beer. sure... Definitely right. fucking murdered right. somebody. Let alone stab somebody. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They are the wrong ones. <sighs> so he says, uh, they are like, well, he's uh, blaspheming our God. So <clears throat> according to us, a.k.a. the Socians, the Socians. That's us. Officially, <laughs> whether or not they want us. <laughs> Too late. I've made the decision. Uh, what had happened was that for one reason or another, Susan tried to block Clark from entering the farm one day. So Clark cussed her out. So Susan declared Clark a witch, and Michael was tasked as his executioner. Oh, God. He shot Clark in the face. Whoa. got rid of the body by burying it in the woods under chicken fertilizer after burning it. He was then reported missing two weeks later to the Humboldt County Sheriff, who was successful in finding the remains. And James Carson would later explain uh, that James, a.k.a. Michael, would later explain that Clark Stevens was a demon who had abused his wife, and that's why they uh, killed him. So. Wow. So. And for what it's worth, the end of the story later, he, he basically explains that everybody they killed was abusing his wife. And it's like, I don't think that's true. I guarantee you it's you're like wrong. not. Yeah, it's I just like a weird lie that he invented to okay. make it sound better, but it like doesn't. Okay. Um, so similar to the whole Karen thing, Susan and Michael fled north again to go back into the woods and hide, which they did. And while they were busy living in the wild and they would only go to town for food, 
police had discovered some of the uh, couple's belongings. Most importantly, they had left behind a manifesto in which they described how they were going to assassinate President Ronald Reagan. Again, yeah, paper trail. <laughs> Just it, left it there, and so they really love signing their names on so shit. The like, stupid. Yeah, even they wrote their name all over the, the on other the walls. Too. Yeah. Jeez. So now they're writing this fucking manual of how to kill the president, and so of course, the the government is like, uh oh, this isn't good. These these people who have murdered multiple people are now writing like a pamphlet on how to kill a president. Um, and so it was because of this, this is the first time Jennifer and Lynn, like the, the daughter and ex-wife uh, ever heard about these murders because the secret service showed up at their door and they're like, we have this documentation that like your ex-husband wants to murder the president. And Lynn oh, was like, fuck. wait, what? And so they hadn't even heard about any of the murders until the secret service showed up and was like, yeah, they've murdered a couple people and they want to kill the president. And they were like, Thank oh. God we ran away four years ago. I yeah, guess. truly. Because we didn't want to be part of this. So the case went somewhat cold as they were trying to track them down. But unfortunately, this time they, this is pretty weird. So uh, according to Here's the Fucking Twist, uh, Michael ended up being randomly arrested for hitchhiking in Los Angeles uh, in November of 1982. But due to police error, he was quickly released and he disappeared before they realized who he was. So, like, the police brought him into arrest. They arrested him, but then they like let him like, go. Dashed. He, like, made up. And they were story. like, wait, that was the guy who's <laughs> we're looking for, and he was gone. So, uh, it sucks. What was, the, what was the way that he got himself out of there? Do they accidentally released him due to police error. So oh, like, accidentally released him. Okay. They released him, and then he was gone, and they were like, oh, shit, that was the guy we were looking for. And then he just it was and a dash to the races. In the wind. Yeah. And, unfortunately, there's another victim, so it's like, that really could have been. I would have been. I would lose sleep as the cop who just let that person yeah, go. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that they probably did. <clears throat> so by January of 1983, Michael and Susan caught a ride into town with a 30 year old man named John Charles Hellier, and his pickup truck. Susan was sitting between Michael slash James and John, and while driving, uh, John touched Susan's leg allegedly, which intimidated her, and she suddenly had a clarity from Allah that he was a witch. So, wow. so just ev- any <laughs> any slight inconvenience yeah that abo- that disturbs her for less than a millisecond and i also feel like being a witch is such a cliche now like really you couldn't think of anything better than like the like, classic like oh you look funny you're a witch oh yeah. you made me you stole my tomatoes you're a witch like i feel like it's just such a cliche like, okay it's been done by the it's way been like done. 1692 it's right? been done like, really thoroughly we like, don't need to do it like, over at least be original Jesus. i guess they are with their muslim thing i guess i guess they tried at to put QAnon's a spin on it lizard people but then again i guess that's not really original either <laughs> yeah none of it seems to be none very creative good. or original so um it just, it's like clear it's like they're just coming up with a reason because they don't fucking like it. Because they're just like decided. This yeah. is this is this is the the justification exactly. Yeah. So allegedly he touched her leg. She was like, "Wow, this man is a witch." So uh, they Michael pulled a gun on John, but John fought back, stopped the car. They were wrestling outside over the gun, and Susan stabbed John. And in this moment, Michael grabbed the gun from John and shot him in front of. A ton of drivers on the road. Like, so many witnesses. Even, yeah, like everybody saw this happen. So, a UPS driver saw the shooting. So, he called the police, ran over to John to help. And this, this is really sad. John's last words were, Help me, brother. Oh. And John's brother, Danny, worked for UPS and <gasps> thinks that it was because oh. this guy was in a UPS uniform and who tried to help him. And his last words were, that's Help me, brother. Fuck. So, his brother, so Danny, sad. thinks like that's 
which he says haunts him. Obviously. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. And he just said, uh, yeah. So ooh, it gives me goose like camp. he was the last person you thought of. Yes. Yeah. Or you were the last person you thought of. Exactly. So um, the police ran over to River Road. Um, I guess one, the I guess the cop who was called had been at a fruit stand, which is very California. Uh, very so. California. Oh, my gosh. I'm regularly called at a fruit I know. stand. The jicama can wait. <laughs> oh, God. I love a good jicama. There's one guy right next to my favorite donut place that well, has a great jicama great his combo. Cart. Great California combo. Some donuts and some jicama. Yep. Um, so uh, the police show up from the fruit cart, and uh, they do a – car chase they follow michael and susan in john's car by the way because they were hitching a ride sure. so they had taken his car um the police were able to catch up with michael and susan and they spun the truck out of control into a ditch they were arrested brought into the station and while being questioned michael and susan had no interest in speaking about their motive for murdering john they only wanted to talk about their religion quote unquote Ugh. and about witches and police had found a letter Michael had written, which said that no one cared that he and Susan had killed the biggest witch in San Francisco. Um, and when the police were like, okay, they're admitting to killing the biggest witch in San Francisco, they were like, oh, that was Karen Barnes. Because they put together like all the weird drawings and the same names, and they went on the run. And uh, so... Yeah. They were basically like, aha. So he has a letter that says, why does basically bitching that nobody cared that he killed the biggest witch in San Francisco, which is like cool which, like, complaint. Cool complaint. But also I do appreciate that he didn't get the notoriety he was hoping for. Yes, that too. That's true. That's true. But I mean, like, I still wish, I wish it didn't happen, obviously. Yeah. But like, I do appreciate when like you don't get what you want out of right. something. Right. It's that better horrific. than being glorified, I guess. Yeah. So they obviously connected the dots and were like, aha, these are the same people who killed Karen Barnes. Thankfully, we figured this out. However, when they tried to get them to confess on on record, uh, they insisted they would only confess if they put them on a press conference because mm. they wanted to talk to the masses, the public. So according to Oxygen, on March 10th, a press conference was held where the Carsons ranted about everything from George Orwell's 1984, President Reagan being the devil, and why witches need to be killed – uh, Michael said Susan had the power to identify witches via visions she got from Allah, and that's how they knew they had to kill Karen. <laughs> Can you imagine them being like, this was a mistake, giving them a press conference? It's like, why did we give them a <laughs> Someone's shit. like slowly taking the microphone, yeah. and it's just kind of like... They're just turning the volume down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Uh, we're all listening. <clears throat> so they also admitted to killing the marijuana farm guy, Clark, and after six hours of ranting, they... Six hours... I can't, Not to gloss over that. Like, six how hours. come after six minutes they weren't like, let's shut this down? This That's is what much. I wonder. I guess because they were they were uh, confessing to multiple crimes throughout that. So they so, were kind of like, we have to keep them going. So I at guess, least they'll keep talking. I guess. And since it's a press conference, I don't know. Maybe they didn't like put it on TV. I don't. I don't know how it works. I really don't. Um, but so they they were charged after this six hour rant with multiple crimes, including three counts of first degree murder. Their trial began in May of 1984, and despite having confessed to everything in the press conference, they both pleaded not guilty. They were like, we didn't do that. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. <laughs> wait, what? They wait, pleaded not, not guilty. guilty later? Yeah, yeah. So okay. what did they, what, I know you're going to get to it later, but like, did they, was their defense like that they were like high on mescaline or something? No, their shit? defense is that they didn't do it, Em. <laughs> I'll get to it. But no, like that's they were the high defense. on masculine and like, and that's why they had been rambling. And no, like, no, they just said, "Wait, no, we didn't do it." Okay, <laughs> okay. So, um, <laughs> I want to say I'll explain, but like I won't explain. <laughs> I'll just say that again in like a I'll minute. I'll just repeat it. I'll just repeat it. 
Um, so they pleaded not guilty. According to the Petaluma Argus Courier report, Michael Carson said they only confessed to the three deaths at the conference, at the press conference, because we don't believe in lying, which implies to me that, okay, so you weren't lying. Right. Right? Like, yeah. I don't know. But right, right. they said they wouldn't tell if they killed anyone else. They said, but you're not going to get anything else out of I feel like they're breaking a lot of, of rules that, like, most... <laughs> that's like a basic tenet in any religion of like don't lie don't fucking murder don't i mean okay sorry just keep going oh my god um that's because you don't know about their religion this is i'm not one of them clearly i mean i am a homosexual might as well be a witch just throw it it in there um so they said we don't believe in lying but we will not say if we killed anyone else don't try us like being secretive about something like that is also not good don't ask me it's like uh uh-oh so uh they said we are not fools we know exactly what we are doing we are doing it for good reason okay okay sure, 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 sure 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 that's what they all say after three days of this trial, which Jen describes as a zoo, the daughter, Michael and Susan were both found guilty and given life sentences. Uh, Michael Good. is incarcerated at Mule Creek State Prison. Susan's at Central California Women's Facility. Um, and the most recent update I could find is that in 2020, Michael was denied parole. Um, according to a CBS News report, he canceled his original parole hearing in 2015 because he didn't want to renounce his religious beliefs. This is where I was surprised because okay. I was like, after all the drugs and decades later, you'd think that they would have at least had like you'd think at least some be- clarity. I mean, I wonder if they like had the ability to write each other letters or something, oh, and he was still contact. holding on because like you think if he's like completely separated and removed from her after all those years, he from would that have had shared some, psychosis. Yeah, he would have had some That's sort of awakening. Point. That's a good point, and it makes me wonder like maybe if it's just a desperation of like not admitting to yourself that you literally just killed people for no reason. Or maybe it's one of those things where you think about it for so long, like you're, you've convinced yourself that you were and right. And you just can't back out of it. I don't know. Yeah, because he said he refused to, uh, he canceled his parole hearing because he refused to renounce his religious beliefs. And he said, no one is going to parole me because I will not and have not renounced my beliefs, he wrote on a form to cancel the hearing. In 2015, Susan was denied parole for 15 years and her next hearing is set for December 2030. So I don't Whoa. Yeah, so I don't know where she stands. I do know that he apparently is still claiming that he uh, <laughs> he believes what he did and was so right. And so that's in like nine years. He's, yeah. She's got another chance. Uh-huh. Wow. And he was denied in 2020. So he had another hearing last year and was denied parole. So, so. there's a chance she'll probably, she'll probably get denied in 2030. I have a feeling it'll probably be denied unless she's like, wow, you're right. I was so crazy. I shouldn't have done that. You know that. what? I was going to say what would be a real twist is, is if she convinced him into this kind of world or like like – enabled him into thinking uh-huh. like this but he ref- he refuses to like he's give the one it who up, doesn't let it go but she's she not does. but she does i feel yeah. like that is a very like cla- like that could be like a movie plot then like i imagine he would really fucking snap by like 2031 then he's yeah. gonna lose his mind yes yeah. i think that would really break his brain um I feel like that's a very <laughs> criminal minds plot i, I think, think that, so too that could be sure. an episode of criminal minds um, so the last thing I want to talk about real quick is from that WBUR article. It was written by Yasmin Amer, and uh, she wrote a piece with Jen. So it was like Jen's firsthand, the daughter's firsthand it, account from childhood all the way to like the trial and today. Um, and she told she's told a lot of news stations like about her relationship with her dad and how things have been from her perspective. Yeah, have they gotten better? Does she talk no, about it? No, I don't think they have a relationship. I don't blame her if they I don't mean, talk at all. She. she yeah, I don't totally know. Um, it doesn't seem like all of her viewpoints seem very much like from the perspective of like she and her mom 
like learning about this and having to like witness the trial and I can't even imagine like I mean just just that one time of like being in that dark room and like getting scratched on her back should have been that's like alone enough yeah terror, that enough let alone having to spend the next four years on fucking edge all the time yeah traveling around the country hiding yeah i imagine as a child feeling some sort of guilt of like my mom is doing this Completely. for me and her whole life is uprooted probably some fear and then and then learning like my dad is sick but not knowing what that means and not knowing how to fix it or why is my dad sick and what's going on with that and not even knowing and then on top of that like your dad is a killer yeah and now you have to like unpack that for yourself yeah. and now he's in jail and he's also still after all these years not renouncing and he refuses anything. to change his like i can't imagine what she's going through yeah. that, that woman deserves a medal yeah agreed and so she talks a lot about that experience and she um this is just a really like sweet anecdote that i feel like is a good like button to this story speaking of uh loman's class he taught us what a button is at the end of mm-hmm. a, an episode um so she talked about the time of her parents' divorce and the murders and a teacher she had named Mrs. Case. So this is um, from Yasmin's article. Uh, so just to not try and butcher this, I'm just going to read the section from the article. Sure. By third grade, Jen was preparing herself for another difficult academic year. She put her hair in front of her eyes to avoid interacting with the new teacher. Yeah. I know. It was then that the teacher, Mrs. Sylvia Case, did something Jen didn't expect. Quote, I just remember her saying, Jenny, I heard you were such a great reader. Why don't you help me hold the book? Aww. It makes me want to cry. That's all it makes me want to cry. Um, that was the beginning of something new. Jen learned to love books, and over the years, she caught up academically. Mrs. Case once brought her hair barrettes as a prize for good grades. On Mrs. A s- Case. I know. We don't deserve teachers. I know. Especially Mrs. Case. Uh, for good grades on a spelling test to help her keep her hair out of her eyes. She also helped Jen get into the Girl Scouts and apply for reduced lunch when she suspected money was tight at home, which it was. But there's one thing Jen remembers the most. A lot of teachers would say, good job. She would say, your cursive M's look like art. She oh, would, I know, Mrs. K. No, makes me cry. Oh my gosh. She would give sincere and specific compliments, and I think it's one of the kindest things you can do because you're saying to another human, I see you and I see the goodness in you. Aww. Jen never told Mrs. Case, or any adult for that matter, about any of this. She just remembers going into her class and asking for a hug, which also shows that, like, this Mrs. Case woman was so intuitive and, like, Mrs. Case knew what the fuck was going she on. She was like, I don't know what's going on, but I know something is going on. And yeah. it, like, you're going through something. Also, like, I love when kids feel safe to give their teachers hugs. Completely. So sweet. Completely. Um, so she said, uh, she remembers asking for a hug. When I found out that my father was a monster who killed a bunch of people and my brain started saying, you're worthless, you're a bad girl, I kept going to mm. Mrs. Case. She said I was a good girl and she built a resilience in me that I believe saved my life. Jen went on to live a full life, which included going to college, getting a master's degree in counseling, and now working in suicide prevention. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow, (laughs) wow, wow. For a long time, she's tried to contact Mrs. Case to thank her, but was never successful. When we heard Jen's story, we also wondered what happened to Mrs. Case. Right. With some research and luck, we found her. (gasps) It turns out the two women only live around 50 miles away from each other, so we arranged for them to meet. And you can see the reunion video on WBUR's website. And at one point, Jen says to Mrs. Case, you weren't just doing your job. You did it with kindness. <laughs> so that's the story. Wow, that almost got me. That was really, that was emotional. Oh, my God. <clears throat> so that's the story of 
Michael and Susan Bear Carson trying to fuck up everybody's life, but some good still remains. Um, excuse me, that's the story of Mrs. Case and Jen, like exactly curveballing the entire uh, exactly. storyline. That exactly. was th- well done to the two of them. A button, a button on the end, a nice little button on yeah. the end. And I'm glad they found each other. That's so sweet. I think that's and really, also shout really out great. to whatever article that was for making the time to like go out there and find someone Yasmin, and reunite them. Yasmin Amer at WBUR. Wow, well done. Shout out. At least that ended nicer. I know. Despite I know. the circumstances. Um, let me see. The the baby's the size of a baby, hopefully. Because oh, right. it's supposed to be here by now. I forgot that's what like Oh, a hydro ba- jug. <laughs> the baby's actually the size of a house. So. Of, of an actual house, yeah. Um, <sighs> let me see what it says on here. I think the la- I think we already read the last one, which was... Uh, it's, it's been a while. I think the baby is the size. I mean, I think it's literally the pizza from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so... Like, that's a big baby. Ow. That's a big baby. I think we're at Kermit the Frog. Um, no, we're past Kermit the Frog. We're at Cabbage Patch Kids doll. I don't know. I think we're at the size of a car. Just get it out, I guess is what I have to say. <laughs> I'm so upset. Right bef- before the midwife appointment, I was like, that baby's coming out tonight. I and was I like hoping tell. my blood pressure was through the roof. And I was like, wanted you to be in almost like danger zone for your blood. Uh, honestly, pressure. and was like, let's piss her off. And Eva was like, maybe let's not do that. <laughs> I want the baby here so bad. I know, but me too. Uh, and then you came back from your midwife appointment, and she was like, "We can try, but like it could still be up to three weeks." And it's like, "Ugh, so that sounds miserable." I'm gonna to drink me. some tea and eat some spicy food. Yeah, Eva and I we're gonna we're gonna come up with some sort of spicy food. I got a yoga situation. ball to sit on. I mean, we'll try. We're gonna we're gonna get this baby out. We'll see what we can with, do with enough with enough manifestation. We will get it done. <laughs> Manifest it. But I mean, by the time that this episode does come out, there will be a baby, so we will have ha- that's we true. Will have succeeded. It will have worked eventually. It's crazy that when it comes out. People are hearing this happen right now. Yeah. Well, there's a whole other part to the story we don't even know about yet. I know. That's, that's super fun. <gasps> How scary is that? That's I think wild. about things like that all the time. I do time. too. But the thing is, this comes out on the, I think the 10th. So like it could, listen. I don't, no, I, it will. No. Okay. 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 Because <laughs> I could still be pregnant. That week You're is not when I would telling be the truth. You're not telling oh, the truth. I really hope not. I hope I'm lying. Check Instagram. It might be there. I don't know. I, I it's gotta be because if it you if guys it, know before I do in this episode so like they probably Instagram. hear us they're like the baby has already cried in a bunch of episodes like we already know what's going <laughs> or they're like uh stop 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 <laughs> I don't know they could just be telling us just to shut a up. little baby also I'm very excited to feel it move again later because that freak I touched its little foot earlier yeah you we, were like is that its foot and I was like yeah we bumped foot so I put my foot up on Christine's belly and we I knew that other. was gonna happen and I fun. didn't move away in time I didn't do it hard I know oh, you did it be so sweet so I'll eat something I'll eat some ice cream and then you can we'll both eat some ice cream me and the baby <laughs> yeah and that's why we drink In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.